0: Are you, are you living yeah. in the house with all the players? or Yeah,
1: yeah, we, I do. um They have a gaff.
0: Fucking love
1: it. Hey, yo. Dublin is alive. If you're a stranger here And you need some action
2: We have a remedy that could really Playing the face At light of time If feeling dull and drawn down We can really make you shine Dancing in the city alleys that we run through Now we've just begun Absolutely. Dublin is a lawyer. Dancing in the city, and is that we run through? Now we've just begun to have fun tonight.
1: Welcome to Thursday, sad episode one, nine, zero, one ninety prof. Getting closer to the 200. And it's me, Gary P. And of course, the Prof. Caroline. Dublin is green and white. Oh, yes. It's Paddy's Day, Prof. At Paddy's Day edition. We're sitting here early morning. Up with the boards. Recording with uh, Paddy's Day in mind. We're going to be out drinking green beer and doing all sorts. Green ribbon, you could say. We were just saying earlier, we don't really care too much about this day, do we? does nothing for me, man. Go out to the parade with the kids and... Couple of drinks later on, I do like I do like the fact that there's music on everywhere and you can go out and you can take your pick. But other than that, I don't I don't really care for it.
3: Well, this is why we're a bit late with our podcast today because we're only recording on Thursday morning, and I, I strongly suspect that this is deliberate by Gar. Hmm. He's delayed the recording hmm. so that it will be put out during Sheldon as a kind of a fuck
1: you to the horse. Oh, <laughs> do you know what? I'm going to run with that. Considering <laughs> I didn't do that wasn't the master plan at all. I'm going to run with that. So fuck horse racing. Um, yeah so of course We have our fantastic sponsors Ocean Electrical Getting bigger by the day Prof Google them Check them out Mention Tifties For some sort of Little sweetener And of course Less the credit Why do we have Leicester credit on the show Prof? Because I got you back And Paddy's Day <laughs> Paddy's Day Yeah so uh, Do you know what I could have fucking done With Less credit Couldn't I During that week from hell It's done <laughs> It's finished Everything Like I was trying to explain To the missus I was like Relax Two weeks time It'll be done Finished. Everything is all back to normal now. I'm down a couple of zeros in the account, but li- listen, I didn't. of uh, Credit could have fucking could have gave me a help. They were listening as well. You could have gave me a dig out. You were
3: surprisingly calm during all that. I was half expecting just to walk into town one day just to find you on the street beside some garbage bags. <laughs> no, I'm listen just like oh, took another downturn. I'm,
1: I'm quite good at dealing with them situations. I think you just take a step back and just go. Do you know what? Relax. It's not that. It's not as bad as it could be. Same with Rovers. Same with Rovers. You just take a little step back. Count to ten. Deep bread. But we have the bows and dog games talk about all the usual news. And there's an interview with former winger Ollie Cahill. So uh, this is a great one, Prof. Really enjoyed this. You're going to love it. And um, playing and providing an assist in the first game at Tala 13 years ago this week. And he speaks about one of the chosen few. I oh, was at the Athlone game. He speaks about Twiggy's first ever goal for Rovers as well. And that was a, that was a boozy trip. That one was, Prof. Athlone away for Twiggy's first ever goal. People often bring up that game, don't they? Yeah, yeah. As sort of the birth of, of Twiggy. Uh, last week's show as well with the women was well received and all fantastic stuff. Really, really. I think we had one person saying the club was dead. I noticed that one, yeah. Ricky online. Lion. <laughs> there wouldn't be Ricky if it wasn't controversial. I like think that was the only negative response. Other than that,
3: a great reaction. Um, a few people told me they loved the team, that that was a great idea. Something we could do every year as well, isn't it? Pushing the boundaries as usual, Prof. We just, we just keep doing it. Yeah, like you say, every one of them It uh, was very enjoyable. And by by majority vote, the H word is officially banned on yeah, this podcast.
1: I think so. I think we're going to have to bring back the list of hatred, Prof. We're going to have to get the lightning bolt. Mm-hmm. So, who bet is officially on the list of hatred?
3: Yeah, so... Yeah, and Amber Wheatley says, absolutely brilliant hotline, although... Mysteriously absent from it herself. Yeah. She says, Absolutely no surprise that Rovers women talk so much sense about football and life. And Tommy Kelly replied to that with just one word. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant point. Well made. Uh, yes. So the members meeting prof let me. How did we get on at this? I was absent on this one unfortunately. Couldn't make it. Uh, it was kind of.
3: It's more informational, I would say, with the AGM coming up soon. Who had
1: the worst questions? Who who was the, the, the we we don't have the name them, but I'm guessing someone gave out about food. That's this is an awkward
3: question to ask me because I reckon nearly everybody in that room either listens to this podcast or has listened at one point or another. Someone asked about the food. Don't make me slate people. Someone asked about the
1: tactics. So, I, like, I think I think half the questions were about the dairy pitch invasion. Right, I'd say someone else was told you've no more questions, guaranteed. Um, I heard that they were trying to hammer people who run buses. Is that right?
3: I do Trying think to put some responsibility on them. Someone did kind of infer that. Yeah, that like that's impossible, man. <laughs> like that's like the case. The people running the buses should also be held accountable for for those <laughs> fuck up. i in prison in six drunk months. And running on pitches. I mean, there was some mad stuff. Asked Kieran King stood up and introduced himself. He's going to be running for the board, and one of the proposals is increasing the board members from five to nine. And they explained the UCD Thursday thing. Um, it was a request before by UCD. I think they have some function on on the Friday night, and we accepted the request because Brad's thought, okay, extra day yeah. to uh, prepare for the following game. Which is, is there a midweek game today? <laughs> I think so. But um, and guess who was there again? Who was there? Guess bro? who was there in attendance, saying,
1: "I'm a member."
3: <laughs> Kane Hopkins. Kane. This chap only became a member a few days earlier so that he doesn't miss out on tickets anymore, right? Right. And here he is in our exclusive club, privy to all this personal information. It, he he has access to our financial records now. So, hold on, how long is he a member? He was, I think he was about four days a member before that meeting. Mm, prof. Like, I, think, I think Ray, Ray Sr. shouldn't have let him in.
1: No, don't think
3: so. Should have been stopped at the door. Credentials said, check. Said, look,
1: it's too soon. you got to get a few weeks under your belt at least. <laughs> a few weeks under your belt. Yeah, that's the case, isn't it? um yeah so my members card turned up as well don't uh, I'm not even uh, do I even need to get into this it's impo- I don't know how I don't know how, how like that that was the smack in the face as well yeah. because it turned up and I was like H- how how I won't even say
3: who had it I won't say who had it but it's funny reading the message on Facebook cause it's like oh yeah have your members card
1: here pal it's like what I was like I'm not, I, I don't even want to know how you got that I'm <laughs> like I really don't um so we move on to the derby with 1-0 in Tallaght on Friday. And Graham Bork made his first start of the season, replacing Danny. And that was the only change. Caval McCann back on the bench. And Ronan Finn captained us on his 350th appearance for the club. So big shout out to the skip. And congratulations on a superb milestone. Unbelievable stuff when you think about it, Prof. We should have, um, send in your Ronan Finn memories. Your favourite Ronan Finn memories. And we'll talk about them next week, maybe. Um, Favourite Ronan Finn memories. Top of your head. Has to be one of the head out of that. That you wrote about in the program last week. Yeah, love that one. Um, just some, re-
3: just uh, Jesus. Some of his performances last season, which may not make it into highlight reels, but his high tempo press uh, is yeah leading from the front. I mean, he doesn't he hasn't scored many goals in the last few years. It's just his his overall contribution is just is incredible and um, involved in uh, this goal here, of course. But um, where does that rank in the? All time lists at the club, that's actually possible to verify. Unfortunately, we do know that Derek Tracy is our all time record league holder with 383 league games, and Finner is a good bit behind him. But all competitions, far we don't know because we don't have records hmm. before the 1950s. The papers just didn't release the lineups. Okay, okay. So we don't know how many appearances Paddy Cole made, for example. So we can only go from when the record started, pretty much. Yeah. But we do know that Derek Tracy made 450. And Finner is has overtaken loads of other people like Reiser, Barry Murphy, McCabe. I'm pretty sure he is a good bit more than Terry Palmer. Uh, Robbo was 316, so he's ahead of him. So, as far as I know, he's only behind Derek Tracy. I don't, unless, of course, like I say, Paddy
1: Code, no idea how many games he played. Just... um just looking at me potential starting line up here Prof it's actually upsetting me it's throwing me off my game here it's actually very hard I'm, I, 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 like the process is I'll sit here a bit of paper as we're chatting I'll doodle away not listen to me of course a, and I'm trying I'm trying to do it it's it's actually upsetting so this week I'm going to make you go first I <laughs> went <laughs> <laughs> first last week so um, do it again well 1 out of 190 <laughs> episodes <laughs> Yeah, so the build-up, uh, good few hoops. We now missed it with COVID. Um, it's back, it's back <laughs> on the scene. Unfortunately, it's starting to creep. It's rear's head. It's ugly head again. So yeah, a bit of a surge. A bit of a surge. Yeah. The old
3: me Holcud in Washington there, the poor fella. Yeah, um, but it must have been the the Patriot must have been like a super better event <laughs> before in Jakarta because how many people were there? As a as lot. Were getting it. A lot. I, I was mean, only in there for ten
1: minutes, thankfully. But the uh, yeah, it was. Um, I was like the week starts, we know what it's like with Bows. The week starts off and you're just buzzing for the whole week. Um great 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 setup for uh what have we got, Poe goal tweeted RTE asking if young Sheldon is on. What's this? What's this, bro
3: Well basically they're not showing the game. So they're asking like okay. well, Sheldon
1: must be on. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, well uh, there was a debate about this on LOI Central this week where Johnny was, I, I'm always of the opinion, I'm like, fuck RTE, and things like that, and then Dan, McDonald came back, and he's like, how could you not want, the extra, I don't know, 50,000 oys on, on on your game, and From I said, okay, broadcaster. yeah, that's national yeah. broadcast, fair enough, but, there's a, there's a level, like, they don't treat you with respect, there's a level, of respect that you have to, come to terms with, and the fact that, monetary issue, is, is a big thing as well, the deal is, is rubbish and bullshit, so, should we just let them? Oh yeah, well there's fifty thousand people here, so let's just, let just let 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 them watch it at home. Like, wh- why should we meet them for their standards? We should have a minimum requirement, and that's what we want before you step foot in our stadium to put it on the national broadcaster. It has to come to that level. It's the same with facilities; everything has to come up to a certain standard. I I just don't. I don't, I just think that we should be <laughs> compensated adequately, and it should be on our terms. Really, because we're the product, We're they wouldn't be there if it wasn't for us. you know what I mean? We are the product.
3: So plus I wonder what is what is the value of the numbers? What's the value of eyeballs from people in their homes watch who just happened to turn on RT? How many of yeah.
1: those are actually going to go to the title of the final week? Exactly. Plus, we know very well that eyeballs on screens for more than two minutes counts as a viewer, isn't it? or a certain amount of time? Something it, like that. Something like that. We know we've a, a couple of moles in RTE, but there's a certain a view set counts after a certain amount of minutes of watching, so they're not necessarily watching the whole <laughs> thing either. You know, they could be flicking.
3: Well, unless they start doing Thursday night games, I just don't care about RTE anymore. I don't think it's bringing ends it to the table.
1: No, I don't think it does either. I really don't. I mean, Thursday
3: no, would be brilliant. Imagine Thursday night derby. Okay, it would take away from our Friday night derby, but in terms of like a showpiece yeah. game, it would be cool.
1: I just don't think there's enough LOI people involved in RTE to implement decent strategies. Maybe. Maybe I could be wrong there. I could be called out on that. But is there someone who genuinely cares about the game in Ireland and the domestic game enough to actually promote it properly and put their heart and soul into it? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, sure there's, there's less games in
3: the package this year than there were last year. Exactly. So we're going backwards.
1: So the dirty games called off, Prof. So certain north side hoops were panicking. <laughs> Can we... Let's call it... Let's call it out... Right? Oh no, no... The rules were set... The rules were set... We won't worry... The la- there's murder there about the last man standing... Murder about the last man standing... <laughs> yeah... i have, have something on that
3: later... But... Um, there was a Derby pitch inspection tweet... From 2017...
1: Oh, I-, I fell... Hook, line and sinker... Oh we all did... I sent this on... I think I sent it on to Garts... I can't remember <laughs> who sent it on... I was like... We're in trouble... I was saying, like, look at the fucking state
3: of that pitch. I say, Brazzer was next. I was he, like, Brazzer.
1: Yeah. I was looking at it. I look yeah. at the state of it.
3: That was brilliant. Got his hook, line and sinker. Yeah. Um, and on the day itself, you're just looking for any sort of sign from the heavens, aren't you? That we're going to win. No matter how smart or meaningless, it's just like, oh,
1: double A, we're, <laughs> yeah, we're going to yeah. win you now. Actually, can we just clear it up as well? For G- When I put GG on our Instagram, I'm not auctioning off Graham Garland, which he seemed to think was the case. Yeah. Uh, it's not a night of passion with Graham Gartland either. You don't win that if you win the golden goal. Let's clear it up. So Graham Gartland's night of passion is not on the cards. Sorry to disappoint you. It is probably about 250 quid if you're if you're if the person score is forced on the pitch. So no, it's not a night of passion. No, Gareth, a is former worth, centre half.
3: Gareth is worth at least 450.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe so. A couple of points involved as well. But um, yeah. So yeah, they were all panicking, prof but um, it's a, I don't know I mean the last man standing it can get it can get really really tricky you have a little bit about this in a while don't you yeah so we'll move on and we'll talk about um, the Andy Lyons programme interview he said oh, coming into a winning culture I love that little little dig little bloody nose for balls.
3: Well, but that's obviously <laughs> chosen as the the headline and he was on the cover as well there was a bit of debate in our chat about that are we being unnecessarily sort of Provocative, but we 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 have done it before. I'm pretty sure Keith Fahey was on the cover when we when he signed from Pats. Mm. So we often do tend to put a new signing on the cover the first time we play that club. Uh, I saw some people call it
1: petty, but I don't know. I mean, it's not petty. It makes it's, sense. It's good it, promotion. It it makes sense. He made he played for the team. You put him yeah. up like it's come on. He's gonna be on the cover someday. I guarantee you. Let's say you put Cotter on or Greener, you'd be looking at it going. Why didn't they put lines on? Yeah. missed an opportunity so there we go 100%. smart smart move um the conduct uh of directors at srfc the flyer did anybody else notice this a couple of photos going around of it not the work of the ultras let's clear that
3: up this mm. was cleared up and not the work of me despite the anti-celtic sentiment
1: prof i'm doing bunny ears here prof <laughs> didn't do it um it it spoke about Talk, like selling our club to Celtic selling part of our club to Celtics, um becoming a feeder club I think it's ill informed I thought this this note was ill informed and a uh, bit of nonsense to be honest I, I, I think it was yeah. all the members voted in that deal so um, I'd love to know did it put your hand up and be counted whoever did it let us know Um. yeah so what else have we got prof we are going to move on to the Ultras display. Happy is the city where citizens disobey. So that was their take on the, the Dublin motto. The Latin motto is, I think the original motto was, happy is the city where citizens obey. But happy mm. is the city where citizens disobey. For the Ultras, and they're very, very cool. I'm loving everything they do at the minute.
3: Oh, this was class. Brilliant, it really love is. I love this display. And the, the atmosphere, in this, we thought it would be electric, and it didn't disappoint, especially Pace. the first half hour. Rocket. Unreal that first half air was. I think it was Polly McGrab was saying that chant. You know, ta la 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 rover. That just kept ringing out for. No, ages. I think
1: the the I think my my favorite one for atmosphere if everybody's doing it is the one that can be incessant. It's ta la 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 la, ta la la. Maybe you meant that one, yeah, yeah, whoa, because that one just keeps going and going. Yeah, they're the best ones. They're like the South American ones. There was a great tweet put up Bocca juniors. I think it was the home end and there was like a little three year old and they were doing the South Americans are great for those chants and the little three year old knows it fucking off by heart and he's giving it (laughs) socks I think those ones are the best because they can keep going and going and going and going they don't require much
3: yeah I was back in the South Stand for this one Uh,
1: I have a bit of a plan I'm going to come back for derbies and European games oh yeah that's it South Stand and the derby yeah. yeah Um, yeah so Danny's minutes applause Dan the man with the hat lynch uh, what can we say what more can we say about him an absolute gent of a man and a perfect tribute is a minutes applause that's not what like you want an applause don't you like you don't want a silence an applause is, all, is perfect mm. for a man like Dan you know who loved Tala loved Rovers yeah. it was just a brilliant tribute it really was we actually did one at the members meeting as well because I think he'd
3: only passed away that morning and uh, yeah, like you say, applause is better because the silence is like one person coughs and then someone says, shut up. And then that person says, shut up to that person.
1: And then, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> shut up. Shut up with it. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Um, so the game itself, Prof, kicked off and we were up for this. Oh, yeah. We were totally up for this. I was loving it. Absolutely loving it. The Gaffney Early Chance. Um, What was this one? What was this, this one, Prof? This
3: sums up. Rory Gaffney long, chases a long ball from I think it was Dylan Watts. Did he nick it off someone? He buddies the fullback off the ball, wins it, then charges into the box like a steam train, and uh, Talbot saves it.
1: Rory the steam train
3: Gaffney. That is Gaffney in nutshell.
1: He bullied them. Oh no! Even Jaden said it to me. He said he is bullying them. That's why they're calling them now the bully at home. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing. It's starting to starting to come. Full circle now at home. They're talking about it. talking yeah. about Rovers in our WhatsApp group. Moya's talking about it. Even your eldest daughter was there. She's never again. yeah yeah she took it in. I think she was at a loose end. To be honest, but I told her. I said, I have a ticket there. You're you're going. So she she had a, she had a, she had a. I think they were mortified <laughs> though. Cause I was in Grey form
0: I was in Grey form
1: <laughs> I noticed yeah And uh, they were just looking, like every so often I'd see her. Do you know though when they turned her head and I'm behind her standing on the sea chanting and she's like, oh my god. <laughs> But uh, funny thing the, is now, her friends, right? One of our pals works in the Penny Hill and he looks after, like, if I need a seat or a book or not like that, and he's a Rovers fan. And he came over and I was like, what's up, bro? Hey. And she's like, oh my God.
3: That's my friend, Dad. You're not friends with my friends. I'm so sorry. He's not normally <laughs> like this. Can you believe there's some people out there who still don't like Rory Gaffney? Because remember this debate about last season who should be player of the year? That went deeper than just... Who should be player of the year? There was people actually talking to me in the pub saying
1: they don't like Gaffney as a player. He's brilliant. What? Can you just... Like the, the run he has, right? You know the run I'm on about? It's like he's swiping. It's like he's chopping onions. <laughs> now he's chopping onions. Like I love that. It. It is it's all action. It's, it's it's all action. He should be corner forward for fucking Tipperary Harps in GAA. He ha- He's about 15 stone of muscle and speed. And he just... He has it all bar maybe the prolific streak, if, we, if he played up top in a two, I'd still love to see a combination of a two up top with this team, purely over just imagination. I'd love to see like Gaffney play up top with, with Graham Burke. That, I think, would be a brilliant combination. I really think it would be. Could you imagine the two of them up, to, up top playing, working off each other, Burkey, yeah. working off little feet, like Gaffney's hold-up play, little layoff up top, Burkey belting them in from 18 yards, you know, little things like that. We've we've talked that to death in terms of needing a prolific striker. So
3: we're we're at the point now where we just need someone to score big goals. Yeah. And here you go; he scored the winner
1: in this game on uh, twenty four minutes. Twenty four minutes. So he came in and a uh, lovely bit of play, and he got a bit of look out wood, and then it just kind of broke when we he just buried in. Was it his left? I think it was his left. And uh, it kind of went well, in off Talbot's leg or whatever way it went in. Didn't Talbot care. was perfect. Yeah. Um, that was actually a good build up play in the right
3: uh, Finner really good move by, by Finner nice first time pass from Berkey yeah and um, so we were one open place went so absolutely
1: nuts um, I'm loving like there was a couple of 50-50s I think the first one I think Watts absolutely clobbered someone we could be like creeping into the second half here but there was, a, there was maybe three or four tackles where Everyone in the South stands, celebrate like a goal. Yeah. Danny Mandrew came on, clobbered someone. If I had been in front of the Balls fans, it would have been epic. Yeah. Pico fifty fifty somewhere. That was the very fourth one. Pico. I think 50-50. Gary O'Neill had the best Gary one. Gary O'Neill had a fucking great one in the middle, yeah. and everyone's just like, "Come on!" Like yeah. it's been a while since we have those where we've had fucking we've just clobbered them. It'd been at least four of them. you had Pico's block, like all those little tackles. It gets the fans on your on their back, you know, It really does. You're talking about the block at the very end. The block at the that very end. That was actually end. Cotter. That was Cotter, was it? Yeah. I, I read that it was Pico. But well, uh, either way, yeah, it was, was... Fuck, just, you know, those little bits of... Oof, yeah, just I get you it up saying. for it, like...
3: Yeah, it was great. And there was... Um, Talbot saved from a header from Gaffney as well in the first half. Uh, this came from a great move. And Talbot saved it as near post. I thought this was offside.
1: I thought it would have been more I, else.
3: I just wrote it off as, oh, he was offside anyway. But you know, when we watched back the highlights... The referee gives it because, Gaffney handballs it afterwards and then
1: Gaffney just lets it go. Oh, but my take on it from the south stand was because he thought he was offside. It was a deflected shot, and I thought, uh, like when when it, it broke to him, I'm just thinking, Barry, in his mind he did the right thing, put it into the ground. Isn't that what they always say? Put mm. your header into the ground. Whatever way Talbot got across, it just he just happened to smother it. Maybe he should have just put it in the top corner.
3: But it's the rebound specifically I'm talking about. He didn't try and score the rebound oh, because he, he, thought yeah. yeah, kinda, oh, he, th- he
1: thought it was offside. Yeah, because it's just kind of, oh, he thought it was offside. Yeah. fuck's sake. That's, but, a, that's my
3: understanding of the highlights. When I watched it at the time, everyone around me said, ah, oh, he's offside. Yeah. So unless someone can
1: correct me on this, but um, he was on fire in this first half. Yeah, he, he? was yeah. brilliant. They didn't do, no, they're, they're starting line, but I thought your man Grant Horton at the back from him, I thought he was okay. Kieran Kelly doesn't impress me at all. does I never ever like. I think that's, he, that's who Gaffney bullied for the first. Bullied chance, yeah. bullied for the for for the, for the whole time he was on. I thought he was brilliant. And any time we put anything in the air, in fairness, without any real opposition, Grant, Kelly won them. But when when um, Gaffney did challenge him, he was winning everything. But I thought that I thought Flores was the he was the central man for them. I thought he played well. To be honest, I thought without much happening around him, he he was he was doing his best. He couldn't really do much more. Good player in that deep role. DeVoy didn't really do much by pa- that pass. Um, Cassidy up top was terrible. They had no options. Oh, they re- missed promise big time. They would really no options. I thought Coote was, was good. He's a good engine. Good player. He's someone that I'd probably like to see. They missed promise but probably more than anyone they missed was Buckley. Big time. They would no real bite in the middle of the park there. They would no one dragging them into a derby and like sometimes they love to play the occasion. They would no one to play the occasion for them where I'd prefer to play the game myself but Um, No, they didn't do much for me, to be honest. Not in the first half, anyway. No, they weren't up to much
3: in 90 minutes. Uh, They did have that chance at the end, but compared to last season, when they would hit us at pace with Burt and Devoy and all that, it was night and day comparing this game to last season. Big time,
1: yeah. But we move in the the second half, Prof. We went in very, very happy, I have to say. Very happy with that first half. Yeah, you have good, to be very good performance. V- really, really good going in, full of
3: blood and guts, and good football. So it was, so it was the usual shooting in the south stand, which means we had Talbot playing in front of our <laughs> fans for the first time since 2019 because he Talbot stats. He didn't play the last one. Yeah. So he got some attention as he you got would got expect. A gear. Bit of
1: attention, yeah.
3: It's actually my first derby with uh, any fans in the ground because that October game I had with Oh yeah, so, remember that? Yeah, my first derby with fans in 2019, and um, I saw the two wins behind closed doors. But uh, you know, you know what that's like. Yep. But uh, I wondered did this win, this run against Bowes feel longer than it was? Because when we beat them five times in a row, two of them were behind closed doors. So Maybe they
1: weren't fresh in people's minds. Yeah, maybe so. Because we weren't actually physically there. Yeah. Um, they had did it. I think. They had a, they had one brief bit of joy in the in the second half. The flick from Mallon. when that happened, <laughs> it's actually outrageous. In fairness, it's a stunning bit of skill. Yeah, everyone gasped. Like even everyone in the sales stand gasped. <laughs> it was fucking outrageous. Yeah. It really was. But then he went on yeah. to fluff the pass, so meant nothing. And you don't get three points for for skill prof. I see people arguing about it. Like I mean,
3: when you win the game, you can just enjoy it for what it is. It yeah. was an amazing bit of skill. And it didn't count for anything in the end, so no harm. But I see Jordan Flores, coincidentally, was on the pitch as this happened. Gar. yeah, he knows all about doing something spectacular and tada that goes viral. But his team gets beaten. <laughs>
1: yeah. um, the ref was good. I thought as well. Properly let it flow. Um, I thought that he possibly... Like it was one of those games where we kind of got every decision we needed. Like a lot of decisions broke up some of their attacks. Like, any, a lot of 50-50s we got. A lot of, like, or maybe it was just uh, inexperience on their part, maybe, with a couple of the new players that they have. Like, a so coup, and not new players, but players I wouldn't be totally, like, wired to playing in the derby and the little tricks and the dark arts. Um. I thought that they were to- lacking in that for once. Normally, they'd be well-skilled in that. But they made some very, very, very silly fouls in stupid areas where it, like they, they'd be on the attack and they'd make like a, it'd be a stupid foul in our half and we'd just kill it dead we take another 30 seconds to, to, mm-hmm. take the, to take the free and we'd just be we just calm the game down again but I thought we, our tactics were and our management of that game second half were brilliant I thought it reminded me of the Pats game the way they got they nicked a the goal and they just managed us I felt like we kind of gave them a little bit of space let them play their play their game we just mopped it up they no real chances. Don't think Manus made a save bar maybe the, the fantastic tackle from Pico slash...
3: Manus did parry one but I don't know if that was on target or not.
1: No, no that was going away. Yeah. Yeah, that was going away. That was a, a long shot, wasn't it? No, you're 100% right. We
3: we managed in the second <laughs> half. There was like a 10-minute spell where you were worried, oh, they're going to get back into this. But yeah. but like you say, we controlled and the ref was important too because we can talk about all all the factors that goes into Derby who's up for it more can we take our chances all that stuff these games are always so tight sometimes it comes down to a referee decision and how many needless red carries have we seen in this game Yeah. in the yeah. last 3-4 years it's come down to a bad red car decision a bad penalty call And thankfully the ref got every decision who was right.
1: McGraw? wasn't it no Hennessy Hennessy yeah.
3: so that was important and um, he's probably one of the better referees you would say wouldn't he Kennedy.
1: yeah he he had a good game here he just yeah. I think when they're going into re, refs should be approachable and I think they should want to let the game flow. do you know what I mean and I think a little bit of leniency is always is always good like let them get stuck in you know see what mm. happens there's very few clear cut chances in the
3: game yeah like a surprisingly few amounts like Jack had a shot where he curled it wide Greener has a chance to that
1: was actually that, from, from where we were yeah we we were just waiting for it to nestle into the top corner. Yeah, the from half. our
3: angle, it was very close. Yeah, Greener had a chance at the end, saved. And um, we'll talk about the clearance at the end of the moment. But um, yeah, like very few. Danny had a chance
1: after pinball from a corner, didn't he? That was six yards out, and when you watch it, when you watch the rebuild, should have like, scored. Should be scoring that, yeah. Like Danny, of all people, he's it's just not clicking for mm. him at the minute. And I don't know, does he need a rest? Does he need games? Like, he's getting hooked at 60 minutes. He got full 90 minutes in uh, mm. Dundalk. He was taken off at 89 or 80-odd 80 minutes. He was like, practically in, up front in that game a lot of the time. I don't know what he needs. Does he need a little mm. prolonged rest? I, I don't know. I'm struggling here. Like, I mean, Jack was taken off a couple of times as well. The starting 11 is getting tougher and tougher. Um, well,
3: there's been no major changes in his personal life, so who knows? But um, at the time in this game, Gare it was very tense wasn't it? Like we're thinking Very back, tense We're thinking back now Those 10 when, minutes that you spoke about When you look
1: back at it we never really were in danger though No but we there was a lot of playing around our our 18 <laughs> yard box and in around that area there was a lot of it where we soaked it up and we tucked in and we managed it well there was a lot of possession in there for about 10-15 minutes and that, that did like it, it, mm. it did struggle for me <laughs> But we well, the ball boys, Prof. The ball boys. Yeah, uh, these are brilliant. Anya Gavin tweeted this. The ball boy in front of the south stand is always providing us with gold moments. Tonight's one had to be sitting down, shaking his head to say no to Talbot when he was shouting for him to give him the ball. And apparently, this is Noel grandchild. <laughs> yeah. That, so he's well-schooled. It all makes sense and now. And it'd be Vaughn's son, I'm guessing, who's been on the show before. So, yeah. uh, well, well-educated young man in the dark arts. Congratulations. Brilliant stuff. And i remember looking like he, looked, he just he just nodded and he said no and he turned around to the south stand with biggest smile and he's just like yeah
3: loving life andrew brennan had a follow-up to that he said the ball boy in the north end of the main stand did the same to coot coot was screaming at him to give him the ball the lad just shrugs and shakes his head when even the ball boys get it right or maybe the ball boys get it
1: you know something's going right. Yeah, yeah. Twardek as well. Just a word on Twardek. I don't rate this guy at all. He's he's all tricks. Like he'll do his little dance and his little fucking, his little step over. And then he'll give it back to a to his to his centre mid. Like it doesn't, there's no end product at all. Bambi on ice. Mm. Um, also, I don't think you appreciated these chants, but there was a couple of meows from from the, what was it? You let your cat die. I certainly did not partake in any of these you chants. You let now. your cat die was the <laughs> chant. Um. yeah so no I just I didn't I didn't think he was that good I, like they didn't impress me at all they they weren't up for it so if you did, listen we know what the derby's like It's, it's it swings and about, but um, right at the end as well Roberto Lopez mistake saw the ball sit up for Tordek and so Barry Carr launched himself in the way to prevent a certain goal yeah he was at full stretch wasn't he this was just a great well, block out, we all just jumped around the south stand after it it was unbelievable it was a slider it was one of those just bodies on the line get in there certain goal as well by the way yeah. so um, Lee Grace won man of the match but this was one of those performances that everybody to a man all had a good game they all pulled their way Watts was brilliant all action displayed he got stuck in as well right in the halfway line milling people uh, unfairly dropped for Dundalk as well possibly he was getting yeah. stuck in milling around uh, Gary O'Neill great again Rory Gaffney steam train bully Absolutely brilliant up top. Just ran his bollocks off, and he literally did. He couldn't run anymore. He was done. Seventy minutes he was taking. off. Greener came on, brilliant, brilliant cameo. All the four um, subs
3: uh, contributed, which is great. Greener yeah, held the don't ball. up. not about that. now. no, they contributed. I'm not saying they are all brilliant. Well, if you call bumping into people for fifteen <laughs> minutes contribution, maybe he was told to do that. I don't said, know. Go in there and just bump into people. <laughs> no, Greener came on, held the ball up, so it was nice that all every sub like made some difference. Like you say, there was so many contenders. Andy Lyons, like, first game against the South club, took it and destroyed Yeah. When the second half started... Andy Lyons was brilliant. When the second half started and he was on that left side in front of the Buzz fans, <laughs> he initially could not be further away from them. <laughs>
1: Just keep it as much distance. Yes, yeah. But he obviously had to play there at some stage. Brilliant, brilliant performance. And he's grown mm. into that role. And we'll talk about our 7-11s in a while, but he is yeah. certainly doing well there.
3: Just got a call-up to the Ireland under twenty ones, actually.
1: <sighs> so congratulations Andy Lyons yeah. on his call-up. And we should mention Sean Hoare not just this game
3: but Pats and Dundalk afterwards. The last three games Hoare has been excellent.
1: Brilliant. Pats he was he went under the radar I started him because of that game and uh, this game he was brilliant. He was winning absolutely everything putting his body on the line um, and that's what we were talking about when you need a battle he's your man for a battle like a defensive battle. So yeah big shout out to Hoare as well fantastic performance from him. Gareth made a good point that
3: he always felt he just needed a run of games to get going, and yeah. so it's proved. It certainly is now
1: at the minute, yeah. And a
3: lot of people said that we've we've played better against Bowes and lost, so really it's all about the win. The end of the day, win at all costs. That's it. Couldn't care less how we get it. Uh, obviously, you'd love to have gone on and battered them second half, but it wasn't to be, and it almost never is. These games are always tight. Yeah.
1: So they were minutes, prof cracker seven seven four three. I think it was. And we're talking about the um, tapered-off seats and the meshed seats. What's the, How many of them is there? Is there Is there five or 600, I'd imagine? There's definitely about 200 in the south.
3: Well, as it stands, I suppose, we're not, it's not possible to actually get 8,000 because of those seats being ruled out. So that is that is currently our full house. That, that brilliant, figure, I guess.
1: Absolutely brilliant. Great to see.
3: Probably would have maybe... 15, 20 people out with COVID considering loads of people we know.
1: Once again, we were talking about the initiative to try and get season tickets resold, but as general sale tickets. So let's say you get in touch with the club before Wednesday. Say, I'm not going to be at the game. Do you want to resell this ticket? You know what I mean? Instead of them actually Mm. giving it to someone else.
3: I noticed there was loads of those people for Oriel Park who initially were like, yeah, I'll go to Oriel Park on a Monday. And then Monday comes like have a ticket myself Have a spare ticket here <laughs> But Gar yeah, we got We got the derby win In front of a full house But Daily Mount They have
1: bicycle facilities Nine bikes prof You can lock your bike Outside Daily Mount now What more do you want? Who's the real winner here? Lock your bike Get a jar of honey <laughs> stray home On the penny farden. What more do you want?
3: Did you see the pride of rings end on Twitter? They called it Three days beforehand, they just wrote something, something <laughs> <Yeah>. climate change, <laughs> something, something Oligark. oligarchs, and then Bowes put up the tweet and it, they literally used the word oligarchs. Uh, and I think it was a predator. it goes, "Yep, yeah, there it is." <laughs> yeah.
1: I love the fans arguing with themselves as well about blowings. Oh, there's huge fucking civil war going on between the old school hardcore and new school hipsters. Like it's no, it is, it's a real thing, and they're fighting in the stands, um the certain blocks are fighting each other, they're starting to rail, it's like fucking the curve of sudden Rome. Just the word blow in made me laugh though. Because I was I remember
3: when I first started going, I realised that it was a blow Because mm. I was coming into a team on the verge of winning a title. But these are arguing over blow ins. Like that's normally the divide before and after success. With Bows Blow-ins is before and after hipsterdom.
1: <laughs> pre-hipster blow-ins, post-hipster blow-ins. <laughs> yeah. Are you pre or are, are you po- like pre-honey blow-ins? <laughs> pre <Pre-honey. laughs> bee <Pre-bee. laughs> bees It's like yeah, I was there when the bees came in. <laughs> um, so we go to Sean Mcnulty, Crumlin. He says, "I remember as a young nipper going to Milltown, the shed was a daunting place to be, a place where I grew up." lads i met and we were pest mates we lost our ground it was a horrible time in our life moving from ground to ground poxy times in the south stand last night it was with my grandson it was unreal to see him in a sold out tallah stadium unreal my god how far we have come every moment enjoy every moment of it and everyone you are the future of our club so really uh true rings hmm. tr- rings true doesn't it
3: yeah enjoy reading some of the the comments as well people are kind of reminiscing the bill being in, in the stand at milltown, Paddy Daddy <laughs> noted that when Robbers won the toss we always played into the Middletown road end second half so this this thing we do now is nothing new like choosing which half you want to play into
1: yeah uh, Prof we're going to do something different on the show here we're going to we're going to deconstruct frame by frame this penalty shout, right so we're going to watch it live and we're going to talk about how wrong Keith Long is Right, we're going to take this down frame by frame, prof. Dawson DeVoy has the ball in the middle of the park, right? So his <laughs> eyebrows are currently weighing him down here. So he's kind of slightly leaning back. So the ball struck. Dawson DeVoy finds. So, right, we're going to pause it, right? We have a coming together already, right? A very blurry coming together, but Twardek, we'll do our best. Twardek, right? So he's just going in. He, Grace, has, he has He's the, the better of Grace at the minute, to be honest. He has, a, he has one step ahead of him. So he's not offside. He's beating the offside trap. He's just about to go in. He's ahead of Grace. He's grabbed, right, here we go. Pause frame. He's ahead of Grace, takes on his chest. He has Grace's arm in his hand. Therefore, mm-hmm. he's already fouling Grace, right? He's gripping his arm and he's now pulling Grace towards So him. Grace is getting pulled towards goal. I'm going to pause, I'm going to unpause it again. And he takes a touch again and he still has a hold of Grace, ungrabbing Prof. So he has a hold of Grace. It's getting he's, violent now. He's pulling him towards the goal. Twardek takes another touch and Grace just happens. This is all, this is for you. <laughs> It's for you? It's 100% for you. He pulls him down and they're talking about a penno and Keith Long and then the ball oh, gracious falls. So it's actually all on so here we go it's all on Twardeg. Twardeg beats him grabs him pulls him down and they're trying to say that. how on earth can they say that's a penno? I didn't even reconstruct it like that. Absolutely embarrassing stuff from Keith Long and the fans are starting to say it as well. The fans were turning around and they were saying uh, it's do you know what they called it? Bradley-esque. <laughs> Was there two Peno shows though? No, I, I don't think there were. Uh, there could have been, but... no.
3: Is this the one that Long's talking about? So I just can't believe it. It has to be.
1: I, I mean, I don't think there's anything else. We tried to confirm it in our group as well. I think it is. But that's, that's like, that's desperate. It's nowhere near a penalty. It's a free out. So, um, yeah. And then we had Bowles fans smashing up a pub in Double Nine in response. They didn't want that smoke off or of Rovers. So they went up... To drum conjure and smashed up a pole with all men in it. Yeah, they can put a chair through a window. They can't put the bond on net. Boop boop boo. Shots fired from the prof
3: I can't take credit for that one, but credit to whoever said that.
1: Um as well, uh something we're trying to do at Tifties is promote the culture. And uh, the bus to the four Provinces, big, big shout out, thanks to the Four Provinces. We ran a bus for free from Tala Two the, to the four provinces afterwards, and we had the big bad <laughs> band chime, chime, rocked the fucking upstairs Rovers room, and it was it was great, Craig, because on the bus initially the take up wasn't great, and I'm thinking to myself this could fall flat in its face here, like I convinced them to run a bus for a night for a Rovers night after, I said you get your force, you get the money back in the first round, I said I'll have loads of lads, I'm thinking I've only got twenty something names here. And then I rang Airside and I was like, what's the story? What bus are you giving me? And he says, I'll give you a 30 see, They turned up in a 54 <laughs> and 40 odd, 45 people got on it. They just, oh, all, just all barreled on. And I was thinking, thank fuck, everything fell into place. <laughs> so we got to the probs. Everybody came in and Choyim, uh, big shout out to chime Ben Ben Freeman, um, what, what a front man. Every, it was like this extension of the South Stand. I know, I'm taking shots at Talbot, I know. Every, like every, like he finishes off one of their own tunes who are very, very good, by the way. We're going to have a little headline gig soon enough. Chime are going to be headlining mid-April. So uh, we're going to have a big, big gig in the four props, Check them out. Keep an eye on our socials. But mm. like he'd finish off a little tune and then he'd be like, Talbot shits the bed. And you'd have a little, <laughs> a little bass in the background going mm. bing, 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 and a little drum. And it turns into like this outstand. It was brilliant. I actually bumped
3: into him at halftime in the south stand. And I'm not going to lie, I didn't know who he was at the time. <laughs> but I certainly know who Ben is now because uh, well done, young man. Yeah, great, brilliant. Some great
1: I, tunes. <laughs> I, I got
3: there a bit late because I was doing post-match stuff. But I went home first. So I put me, put me stuff in the house and just heard some noise in the distance. I was like, that can't be the... I cannot hear the band from my house right now. I was yeah. like... No, that's the band. Yeah, Prof got the deck chairs out. <laughs> yeah, cracked open a Guinness in the house. I was gassed. like I tried to talk to people, and they're talking to you, and you're just
1: nodding like pretending you can hear them. <laughs> Do you know what I was doing at one stage? Right, Bucket and Bucket and Carl Cairns. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, these are good. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're nodding, and I'm like, they can't hear me. <laughs> I know they can't fucking hear me. <laughs> they're just nodding along, and I'm like, yeah. Carl, you're an awful wanker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> ah, yeah. It's like rod brilliant,
3: part. brilliant night. Um, yeah, I'm doing a little article actually in this week's program on Robert's culture and famous musical links with the club. So i gave give Ben a mention and yeah, chime. I just
1: There's something, there's something that I just don't think that there's enough of, and I think like we have a place to call home outside of Tallinn now, as regards to having a point and a, and and putting social nights on. Four problems we we'll look after, us, no matter what. We have brewed our own beer there. Like they really have gone above and beyond. So now, now the next step is to get all these people who have. Like talent likes to chime, likes to flock of boards. Anyone else who wants to perform, we're going to put on another night soon enough. If you have any Rovers musicians, Rovers bands, anyone, no poets, sorry, <laughs> but um, yeah, anyone else, get in touch with us and we'll put on a, on a night and we'll uh, we'll, we'll have a bit of crack. That was a great night,
3: um, great, it was really night. good, great, great cap off to the night, absolutely jammers Especially as well. Especially when you win, and just great to have like. Decent music and, and points with your mates. Just one quick thing I forgot to mention before we move on to the, did uh, to the beer.
1: did the uh, Diablo have a Rovers beer and a Rovers band on?
3: No, I had Paul Grado. <laughs> <laughs> go on. Yeah, the fallout continues, guys, from the Balls fans. I mentioned uh, a couple of weeks ago that Dan Cleary's having a bit of a bit of an up and down start to the season on the PA, and here we go again because a Balls fan tweeted this. He said, unprofessional, from the Shams announcer, called out just the balls players' names while calling out the Shams' names and squad number. It's shocking. And he tweeted this to Graeme Gartland for some reason. And Gareth just goes, I don't make PA announcements. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. Dan Shaky says the season, Gareth, he's not met the standards of Joe phone number
1: on Twitter. Joe <laughs> Joe. Uh, profile created March 2022 <laughs> um, Green Ribbon as well prof we got beer of the week in Fitzies and Sandy Cove so if you are from the borough and you're around that neck of the woods Sandy Cove Fitzgerald's now sell Green Ribbon so get it into you and I got a good review from the beer no, the laggers of West Dublin so uh, really really uh, impressive like uh, beer review so we have uh, we have a fellow beer no here and he's gonna He's going to read it out for us. So, um, here is our beer nut review of Green Ribbon. The Lagers of West Dublin.
0: Beer of the Week. Green Ribbon. ABV, 5.5%. Origin, Kimmage, County, Dublin. Volume, 568ml draft. Brewery, four provinces. Style, European Pilsner. Taste, Czech style pils with honey and peppery rocket. A lovely mouthfeel six euros for a shamrock rovers beer the laggers of west dublin it had been a while since we last had a new beer from my local brewery four provinces but we got one in february it's a tribute to in collaboration with the shamrock rovers podcast tales from the east stand and they've called it green ribbon though badged as a pilsner it's a big one at 5.5 abv i called around to the brewery's pub to give it a spin As expected, it goes big on the malt. Served crystal clear and ice cold, the initial flavour is a very Czech style honey or golden syrup effect set on a full and almost chewy body. It would run the risk of being sickly were it not for the hops, a peppery rocket effect that holds it in balance. While the carbonation is very busy to begin with, it settles after a few minutes and is a better and more rounded beer once given time to warm up and flatten out. It's not one of your crisp and thirst thirst-quenching pilsners, but it is impeccably clean and suits taking time over. Tuffik.
1: Yeah, so that was our beer. given giving a funky rendition of his review from uh, for Green Ribbon Prof. Yes, very, he cool. very proud.
3: If you check out the Four uh, Provinces Twitter account, you get the odd person who'll who'll try it, and he'll he'll tweet them like so. You get Jason McLean, who says it's tasty. Even though uh, Jason was more of a Pogues whiskey man, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Did he trash? Did yeah.
1: he fall asleep in anyone's man cave <laughs> after a couple of points?
3: Uh, Mitzi was there for the gig in the in the four provinces after the game. So I was having a chat with him. He's on a mission, Gar, to do a full season attendance. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. Has he got? And he's, he's obviously up to date so far. I think he's attended this before. But he's he's gung-ho this time. I technically did it in 2017. I did every League like, Cup, Europe game. Only one I missed was called in the Leinster Senior Cup. No, oh, Thomastown. Yeah, the problem was that was the first game of the season, and I had no intention of doing a full ten. That doesn't count, bro. But then, like, by the time October comes around, I was like, oh yeah, I'm doing it. Oh no, don't don't agree with that at all. Every uh, a full tens league, cup, and Europe.
1: That's the yeah, but not okay, all competitions. Okay, yeah. Poor Thomastown.
3: Uh, Mitzi asked me if I wanted a kid cat that he had. And I said it's no. It's cold for something. And I said no thanks. And he said, I've had this KitKat. He said he had it in his pocket <laughs> for ages. And he said and he, he thought of me.
1: thought taught of you. So. Why does prof uh, promote images of KitKats? Mitzi had a melted cat <laughs> That made him think of me. And I don't know how I feel about that. Oh man, me poor Mitzi Mitzi's mad thing. Top, top hoop. Um, with Demo Del Murato. he's been on fire this week and he won Twitter, so he wins Twitter trophy this week. He says, I would appeal to every member of the Ball's first team squad to be patient. Keep working hard. If you're good enough, Rovers will come in for you. Never give up on your dreams.
3: That's It's only March, but just, that's the tweet. The yeah, year. that J- is. Just shut it down. No, no contest. And he also
1: tweeted this, has anyone checked on the creepy lad with all the VHS cassettes? <laughs> oh, God.
3: Is, is that the fella who didn't say a single word to us for f- two years when we beat them five times? Yeah, in a row? And yeah. now, and now, pretty much a lot of Bows fans. The the amount of shite they talked on nine in yeah. the build up to this match here, and I say they're only sick now. Only sick. Love
1: Jack on uh, Insta as well. Oh, that was that. Was, there you? He's after winning Twitter as well. Any bad news? <laughs> Any bad news? No. Um, Thogden f- uh, Dan McDonald got his name wrong actually very unprofessional from yeah, himself Yeah, I, I thought to myself Dan you're slipping here bro I thought he was Scandinavian Dan you're slipping bro uh, the popular British YouTuber was right in the south down to make a video in the middle of Block X and you know what it was brilliant he got everything right I felt he got the duration he got the content he got absolutely everything bang on the button, on the, on the button. I watched this twice with Jaden it was perfect Oh, he uh, captured was,
3: the atmosphere he got everything bang well. on
1: and he summed it up with a summary yeah. at the end a passionate summary brilliant Like he got it all nailed I watched another one it was about 20 odd minutes it's too long 12 was perfect little lead up to it in the pub beforehand a little co- little couple of commentaries mm. good content in the south stand tog dad neck and nagging yeah.
3: brilliant brilliant especially nowadays people just don't have any sort of attention span so it needs to be 12 minutes yeah, he was right in in the middle of Block X, like you said. And when we scored the goal, he just goes, limbs in the cell stand. <laughs> it uh, was brilliant. Great stuff. Great. Uh, like, you can't <laughs> buy that publicity, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, he put the club in a good light. He did say we were going for four in a row. That, that was the only mistake he made, but we'll do
1: Prof's cat is here now. Smells blood on Paddy's day. He's coming here to slash my <laughs> calves there's a rye those caps there looks just like yeah, oh yeah let me in I'll, let, I'll pet you and then bam eat yeah. you while you're in your
3: sleep so Togden and his dad they were in the 1899 bar beforehand which was much livelier than the UCD game rocking uh, Jay Mangan got the selfie with him in his red and black jacket well, oh, well done that, well yeah. done Jay and how did Liam get in the in Togden's video and not
1: you the media whore oh no 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 now like prof I'm a one man I'm a one man brand here now at this stage I can't be promoting other people no no I, I, I didn't, didn't even see him. I did want to get them down to the to the provinces uh, they were offered a seat on the bus just to come down and check out lovely Guinness they were asking about Guinness so check, get, get them to even plug Green Ribbon you know it was all mm. s- shameless promotion yeah. but now grace so hopefully we get them back someone said that the the, the, this fella did more for the league in 15 minutes
3: than RTE having 15 years
1: boom lights out RTE <laughs> sorry about that that's that's damning isn't it but well, even
3: after everything we said Gary it's all important the way he portrays the atmosphere all that it is important but arguably the most important thing of all we've won the game yes because yes. under Akasha featured us Cap of 90 your features yep. and we lost those games. Cap of 90 had a bow slant on it so you had Lambert Bow slant? Is that coming what you call out it? With his, with his bullshit about you know members owned versus non members owned. so I can't even watch that
1: back. No. I just can't watch it. There was another one but the one we had no commentary it was a, It was all um Oh God, what was the name of it? Bows did one and it was no commentary it was like a silent movie they did another mm. one all oh, balls slanted but uh, good stuff from Togden No, absolutely crude. that we saw a goal
3: and a win and now like every every young kid in this country like knows who he is
1: That will like the kids who watch that they look at that and if they're anywhere in and around the, the borough or suburb of Tala they're looking at that and going I, <laughs> I want to go there that's
3: how it is that struck out as well the age profile of everybody around them. Look at look at all around like the immediate 100 people around them all the same age. Yeah. Deadly stuff. And thank God Garrett this game was not nil-nil because I would have been ran out of the club.
1: <laughs> Absolutely ran out. You could be still. You could be still. <laughs> um, with a great tweet from Richie Carr he said last night there was the Bowles fan who bragged on here on Twitter that he had come he had the home end and he tried unsuccessfully to get into the way in with the home end ticket decided he would just go into the home end only to find out his ticket was cancelled four days earlier and the club had his tweets as screenshots so <laughs> the sniper in the office taking people out um, Love it Yes square ground our back and we'd raise pasta and meatballs and you know what even looking at the the the, the pepper sauce I was just like oh, I need that in my life I know. I was just looking at it going pepper sauce raised pepper sauce smother me in it what's wrong with people like last week's yeah was,
3: don't read the comments Ray let's just say that <laughs> what was it the Hooper Special got positive
1: response and then Ray's Meatballs got a negative response yeah like- they seem to so, like the Brits seem to think that there's a certain type of food you can only eat at football you know the Brits there's a thing I think it's called a Wigan Kebab it's a poi, and they put it in a bap how do you eat that <laughs> A pie in a bap Like it's They're fucking mental I don't think The well, culin- culinary skills Of the Brits I, don't, I wouldn't I wouldn't take too much From it now Ray I wouldn't, wouldn't take too much Criticism
3: from them Every time like An attractive woman Just like gave a negative review I just sent it to Ray Like Sorry Ray Sorry but <laughs> 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 uh, Sam Bond, Fair play to him uh, Defending the meatballs He obviously had many Oh yes Many meatballs During his couple of years here A good customer was Sam And uh, not related to food but um, there was an Italian fella there who uh, loved the game. And, but he tweeted in Italian. Was this our uh, Napoli Ultra Pepe? Possibly. I've not got his name written down here. But he wrote it in Italian, so you have to translate the tweet. So you click Translate, and it said the following. Dublin Derby between Shamrock Grovers and Bohemians, made up of beers, folklore, and a two-meter pitch... And an 8,000 seater stadium. Match of a hallucinating technical poverty. But how nice is it to breathe such atmospheres? European nights of a certain level, other than the Champions
1: League. Hallucinating technical poverty? I want to get involved in that. <laughs> Where is this? That doesn't sound like a game. It Sounds like something different. <laughs> sounds like he's tripping balls in some apartment somewhere. I think you might have a replacement for Conor's corner. This this is gold. I'm liking this. Yeah, it's a br- brilliant stuff. Really, is a it's a it's a spectacle now, isn't it? Getting the Talla Stadium and hopefully I think what was my prediction for the end of the season over four four point five thousand <laughs> average crowd. So hopefully we can continue on. But that was that game. That's the derby done and dusted, and the Orcs got sent back on the Lewis. So um, Monday, Prof. We had Scarlet draw at Oriel Park, and um, I never know what to expect going into Oriel Park. We it's not happy hunting ground for us at all. We never it's the pitch as well. If you notice as well, like I I was saying, Lara, we were watching it, and Lara was like, "What's wrong with the pitch? Like why is like she was giving out? She was like everybody's all over the shop. They're they're, they're second to, they're, to to like 50 uh, fifty fifty balls, and I was like, she's like why is the ball bouncing like that? Is it's it's the pitch?" Like it was, she was oblivious that was a an artificial pitch and she was like that's so unnatural it's it's really unnatural so to the mm-hmm. to the naked eye it just like, bounces she in a well. but Derry's pitch isn't like that Derry's pitch isn't like that so it's the explosion of rubber that, that, did, like did you say. hear that on
3: LOA Central that Jordan McAniff wouldn't come back to Derry because he wouldn't play in that pitch really yeah
1: snob. He's not playing. I've toys. never heard that before. He's have to play on four times a year and all all around the league. So I wonder if players ever turn down Dundalk and come to maybe Ulster Bowls because of the pitch. Well, it's listen, Dundalk is shocking. It just ruins the game. Like it's actually very hard to do play the way we play on it. But I did. I thought we did play well. So um, scoreless draw. On the team had uh, those those chaos in the ranks. Prof. When we heard that Malamannis was out, so Leon Pauls um, Lions on the left, Carter on the right. Pico Grace, Hor, Gary they'll Tell, Danny Jack Burkey. so no Bradley for the Dock and no Shannon, so again for a pig's head to get scolded at him. So, yeah.
3: so you had Danny. He was furthest forward for a lot of this game. Uh, yeah, when the news came out that now Adam Manus, uh, me probably like a lot of people, the blood just drained from my body. Yeah, yeah, he'll take a sea. Yeah,
1: the Marsbury
3: But in fairness to Pauls, once he got over the early mistake. He did look assured. Like every pass back to him, he looked assured, and he makes two really good saves in this game. And my final note on the nil nils: we had gone 56 games without one, so that was our longest run in. But ter- you jinxed us for this Thirty six years, no.
1: Didn't. I'll just do an article on <laughs> no nil nils, and then we'll mm. draw nil all. Mm. I did. I did
3: an article on nil nils before the Boz game, which we won one no, nil. You jinxed it. I didn't write any articles before this game, so. Fifty six games without one. You
1: always warm your way out of these things, <laughs> don't I? I? Always fucking do it. Last one was against Pat's when we lifted the league at home in. Uh, look, he's gone in depth. Twenty twenty. An in depth reason to how he's not jinxed us as well. <laughs>
3: or Joey was sent off.
1: But yeah, good five hundred hoops, fellows, and it was a great uh, attendance on a Monday night. Still uh, buzzing from the derby mm. win, but it wasn't to be. First half chances, we Benson hit the posts. We had a huben huben header save. Really, really good save really good save like this was yeah the
3: two policies were down low to his right very good save
1: like that was a, a reaction save beyond belief it was it was mm. absolutely top class so neither of us were uh at this game i know last week i was
3: suggesting that it was kind of a boycotting it but that that wasn't really the case i know it's sometimes just, you
1: have to use up favors and you just yeah. sometimes on monday night it's just tough domestically work-wise sometimes you just struggle to get to it you know I usually have to sacrifice maybe three or four
3: games a season. And it's just when you see Ariel on a Monday, it's an easy choice. It's yeah. like, okay, that one. Or Baddy Buffet on a Monday. But um, I'll probably go to the Friday one later in the season.
1: Yeah, so um, first half chances, like we said. We Did tell goal. tell late run Richie was back. And I'm hoping this isn't just him trying to get one over in his former club. I'm hoping this is Richie turning a corner with his performances. And I thought he was good. I thought he was making late runs. Great, great run forward, touch and lovely save from um, who's Andy Burton's love child? What's he never fucking shuts up about him? What's his name and goal? Shepherd. Shepherd, yeah. Yeah, he touched this one, uh, just onto the was onto the bar. I think or it might have been. Yeah, the bar. Was, either way, it was it was good to mm. see Richie making these runs again because we haven't had them.
3: We were under pressure at one point. They did loads of dangerous corners. Yeah, in a row. I was
1: I was cycling home and I was thinking to myself, I might get here. I might get the second half. Ended up not being able to get out. But I, mean, I was listening to it. I think there could have been three or four corners in a row. Which I'll, I'll be honest. LMFM actually had good coverage. I will give them a shout out. <laughs> would you like to uh, let us know what they sounded like for a couple of days? No, I have my Stephen O'Donnell impression. I think that would be enough. <laughs> Honestly, listen to him. Football is not for him. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do it a while. Um, yeah, so um in terms of our chances, um, the
3: Tell one you mentioned... Grace had a shot that just went wide about five minutes before the break Jack had an off day my god I yeah mean, I mean he's he, played every game though hasn't he he's a loud one yeah but uh, nothing was happening for him in this but this pitch once again doesn't suit
1: Jack this type no. of pitch doesn't suit Jack the unnatural ruggedness and bounce on this pitch doesn't suit a player of Jack's quality now in fairness that's could be an excuse and you should say he'd be able to play on any pitch and he has had brilliant games up here before but I just I fucking hate this pitch man Actually it wasn't his last game up here At the 4-0 Where he the scored from the tight angle Yeah with the left Yeah that's what I was thinking Exactly what was in my mm. mind But the second half Started really well With a Danny chance And um, Should be Should be Should be scoring his prof
3: Yeah the first 10-15 minutes We were brilliant And You're thinking Oh Hopefully we score While we're on top here And then Terrell Clatters the crossbar another
1: Good chance Brilliant powerful strike from being put in I think I can't remember who, who put him in but either way it was a brilliant ball in and he takes it brilliantly keeper beaten unlucky oh, hit the bar um, hopefully this is the return of, of Richie Tell so probably one of the best nil nils actually it was a great game we've had in years it was a great game like I mean Barry Carter had a bit of a dodgy first half second half he was mm-hmm. he was our um, our outlet I mean he was the main ball that kind of started our attacks put him in out mm-hmm. there and that when when um, when Greener came on, it was Co-
3: it was Cotter's ball for Greener.
1: What a what, a, what a ball! He was yeah. on his way out, like it was a, yeah. a yard away from the boy line, and he got it up. And I I, I really don't. I heard someone hammering Greener for this. Fuck off! <laughs> what a save! Watch your back. He directs it to the keeper's right. What a save!
3: Absolutely ridiculous save. It was a real like Hollywood save. It's like <laughs> something you see from Grainy World Cup footage fifty years ago. <laughs> Stop! It's one of those our saves. But yeah, Cotter had he had come on as a sub against Bowles on the right side and until then I don't, had he even played on the right side I don't think he's been the left or the centre every time mm. and you can be you can be frustrating at times like at one stage I was worried he'd be sent off because he was on a yellow for what was actually a good he was ta- yeah that was no, a no, tackle. brilliant
1: tackle yeah Very brilliant tackle <laughs> yeah I was like on the first <laughs> half listening I was thinking he's he's flying in tackles here like this 11 on paper
3: initially had me kind of worried yeah I was like I'm not sure about this but uh, credit, credit the are here this team should have won this game really based yeah. on the chances even though at the end of all that <laughs> could have lost it in the end yep yeah. good good um, scene
1: in Frugia back as well Prof really really good Um, what was the other poll save the pole save, it, it was one from the right hand side, it, it, was, it was like... They were
3: both from Holbin, weren't Holben yeah, headers? Th-
1: it, no, there was another one on the deck as well from the right and it, it was like 6 or 8 yards out into, it could have been the first half, I think it was the first half. I think it was one in each half. And yeah. he, he, got, he got down low and it was a really tough save, like it was maybe 8 yards out so I'm, yeah. I can't remember who took it but... I enjoyed his
3: interview afterwards with uh, Dan McDonald as well. They were fascinated by his accent. I know. There's, there was a, there's all, there's all, all sorts, sorts going on there, isn't there? Possibly some tip from Grace uh, mixing in there with
1: the German. He's nearly as uh, as multi... What would you say? Multi-accented as Didi Hamann. He, he's got a mad <laughs> one going on. But, um, yeah, so we the sitter in... When this broke, I just uh. thought... Who, who do you not want the ball to fall to it's Holman I think it bounced once again the pitch probably helped us the little <laughs> bubble and he just skied it and I was thinking fuck me on a plate in me. loads of space no better person to, to miss it as well. I was so happy when he missed and it couldn't have been further over the bar it was so high over the
3: bar it was astonishing unbelievable but like, but well, like
1: you said plenty of positives really really was a positive display and I think hmm. if you look back at all the games that we haven't won like if you analyse it, Derry, first game of the season, right? A draw was a fair result there until we imploded, right? We didn't play well in the game. I no, think, but it no. was a one-all draw. It was it was a draw all day. We we imploded. Our own fault for that one. No problem. Pats should have beat them in the first half. Should have been 3-0 up. They scored. They managed us. We, we, we Like it's, it's a case of missed chances. I think we're going to click eventually. We're going to start battering teams. If we start creating the chances, like look what we're doing at the start of the season. We're creating these chances. We're just not taking them. Eventually we will and you know we will and we're going to go on a good, good run. A really good run. It's going to happen soon.
3: Yeah, I mean, if, if you're a glass half uh, empty kind of person, you're saying we've only got one point and no goals from open play in three away games but when you break it down like you did plus the fact those were three tough away games. Derry mm. passed on dark. It's not going to get any tougher than those three. No. And we should have, probably should have won this one and actually, again, that essential. I mentioned them a lot here. They pointed out that there's not many away wins this season
1: in general. Have you noticed? That's a, Yeah, that's what I heard on the way over here, actually, when I was listening. There's, um, and we were we a great away last year, so... Uh, yeah, no, it's early days, probably. It's early days.
3: That's for negatives, uh, again, burn that black jersey, because we don't win in it. No,
1: you said that before the game again. Aha! You said that before the game, didn't you? <laughs> Fucking jinx. You're getting worse than i Fucking jinx, eh? Any oh, reason.
3: <laughs> also a negative to commentator. Who early on said that it was Liam Paul's 5th league start. And then later on he said it's Paul's either 4th or 5th league start. And I'm like, get it right. A stat is a single number. <laughs> a stat is not an option between Rough two numbers. And after all that, the answer is 3. It was his 3rd start. Waterford fourth or
1: 5th. Waterford, last season. Bowles. Bowles. Uh, and this one and this one yeah
3: now he has played in the league cup and the Leinster senior cup but he said league specifically and then just after butchering that stat Gary O'Neill I'm not slagging Gary O'Neill I'm just saying this happened to happen in this moment Gary O'Neill under no pressure whatsoever plays the ball a good 5-10 years behind Andy Lyons and the commentator goes really good ball out wide to Andy Lyons it's behind him, me it's not to him. It's going. I'm just no like, play. bring Peter Collins back.
1: Yeah, no. <laughs> jeez for prof to say that. But yeah, know Overall, I won't. T- I don't take draws. We should beat them. So we move on, and it's early days in the league. We will not get too worried yet. We've Sligo coming up, so other results, prof. We've dropped getting pumped at home by Sligo three 0 I think it was an Aidan Keena hat trick, and I t- no, it wasn't. It wasn't an Aidan Keena hat trick. There was a couple of scorers, but he did get a hat trick recently. And I know he was the one saying Sligo have no goal scorers. Uh, Shells won Dundalk won Apparently um, This was A last minute goal From Boydie So Boydie Big balls Boydie scored Boydie on the score sheet In the two games Friday and Monday Against
3: Bowes as well Yeah uh, Love scoring against Bowes I, I was saying this to Joey actually uh, His first goal was against Bowes For us Yeah In July 2016 Brazos first game in charge can you believe that was nearly six
1: years ago? The Shazzy, the shawty flick. Yeah, and then the buried volley. I, I still feel like his his career is only starting. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm just thinking that young starlet Body. Yeah, yeah. he just needs a break. Needs a break. He's a break. Little teenager, injury free. Yeah. Um, we had the Harps uh, nil. Pats two good win, good win for our pats up Open Harps, and Harps are starting to struggle, Prof. I think they'll they'll come good probably when they start to click a little bit through the middle of the season. But I'm hoping I'm hoping they stay up. That was one of the easiest last man standing picks
3: ever. The Monday game. Sligo to beat Harps. Oh, when, der- Harps went dirty. when Harps lose a few they lose seven or eight in a row. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and the Monday games of two 0 Pumping Drada. Drada, I was were my tip to go down. Mr. Deegan in the middle struggling.
3: You know, I haven't tipped to finish bottom, don't I?
1: Yep. Sligo 3. Harps 1. Someone got a hat-trick in one of those games. Keane got a hat-trick in one of them. Uh was 1. Shell's 1. Apparently Shell celebrated Like they won the league And apparently They threw Every first teamer, threw their jersey Into the crowd After a draw And With balls On a Monday night Were balls down to 10 men Possibly yeah They were Against 10 men yeah So um, Duffer They're they're doing well though Duffer's mental isn't he Um, They're doing a good start Yeah so um, Yeah Last man standing This week I have gone For Rovers The only one so far Bunch of fucking traitors all go for the handy one I'm really confident against Sligo Prof I think we'll beat them still unbeaten though Dundalk unbeaten Sligo unbeaten I think we will do them I think it's going to be one of these games where everybody's expecting Sligo to come and beat us and, and play well I think this will be we'll talk about predictions in a while but I'm happy I'm happy enough for picking them for me last man standing anyway
3: what's that Forest group who uh, bragged about us when they, when, they, when they beat us and they were top of the table and then they lost like 10 games in a row after yeah. that <laughs> I want to hear what they had to think about this
1: Uh, smashed our LOI TV viewing figures record with the Bulls game. So, um, yes, I don't know. I I think LOI TV, there's been a couple of back and forths about it. Even on LOI Central, again, we're talking about them. Um, They spoke about, I think Johnny McDonald was giving out about it, having to pay 12 quid. But then he was saying it was brilliant at the start of the season as well. But you made a great point saying that ultimately they're going to miss out on a lot more money with people not buying individual games than they would with the 80 quid initially. Mm. I'd have paid that, no problem. Like you said, easily pay it. There you go. They're not going to get half the money in with people buying individual games. I guarantee you. Yeah, like, you'd have to research
3: it. I don't know if we're... We're probably in the minority. Like, I'm saying I might miss three games a season. So I'm going to have to pay LOIDV 7 by 3 that's 21 as opposed to, I would have paid at the start of the season, whatever, €60, €70. Euro. Mm. So they're making a loss on me. But maybe most people, maybe it makes sense for them. Doubt it. I really
1: doubt it. I really do. They might get a couple of overseas hoops. But we'll definitely pay it. But, I mean, and another thing as well, another argument is people were putting up illegal streams on the Rovers chat. Well, not illegal, but just stream. Well, I don't know. Are they illegal? Either way putting up different streams and people were going yeah yeah I'll use that one ultimately there will be no more streams if people don't buy the product yeah so all these people who are using the streams the stream will no longer exist because that is how they get the stream LOY TV that's the only stream they have that's the only way you can get a stream but you're using an illegal one therefore it's going to lose out money and you'll never have a stream ever again when LOY TV goes bust just shooting yourself in the foot, basically, yeah, for exactly, next year. Yeah, exactly, uh, yeah. The, they have to play the long
3: game. Apparently the managers don't even get a subscription. Uh, Oddie Horgan is boycotting TV interviews. Oh, yeah? Because they won't give him a subscription. <laughs> yeah,
1: he wants to watch all the games, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, no, I'd agree he's with actually, that.
3: He's, co- he's home from Madagascar, you know, he's
1: tired. He wants to put the feet up. Yeah, he's been tramping around the ars of Slovakia. <laughs> Um, Jack Bourne said the Derby would attract 15k fans if Tala was big enough like Barney Big B said get that fourth stand built what are we going to bump up the attendance today? another 2,000 2,000 in the south stand 2,000 in the north stand or the Maureen O'Hara stand get that Maureen O'Hara stand built and uh, rock that stadium It'd be great wouldn't it four full stands Top four attendances this season so far have been R1s versus Bowes and UCD, Cork, for Galway, and also Wade the Pats. So once again we are leading the way mm-hmm. in attendances and go great. To see Cork, and Galway with big attendances as well, man. That's brilliant.
3: Yeah, I, I every time I see those figures from the first version, it always involves Cork or Galway. But really encouraging. And like you know, I, mean, I hope they both come up really. I mean, you know, I hope they both come up and UCD and draw had a good deal.
1: Yeah, and somehow. We get like another rural team up by like, I don't know, we just swap. We do a swap. Like, yeah, <laughs> can you take I don't know, take just take shells. <laughs> take shells and give us a uh, give us somewhere down the country. I'm looking forward to Talk
3: actually, but um, yeah, obviously Erwin versus Bowes was top of the table there. It was the hottest show in town. That whole that whole day build up we talked about it earlier. The clamour for tickets Right up to kickoff,
1: Like you said before The actual Another game had kicked off Yeah It was nuts Everybody Like the sniper The sniper in the office Big (laughs) shout out to him Looked after a couple of people But uh, we're going on To our last man standing Prof And it is very very controversial If you want to get involved In the last man standing Let us know we put you into the next round We'll get in touch If you want to get into The Tifties WhatsApp group And it is the The Golden Goal And the LMS So A little bit of chit chat as well But then it gets locked down all the chit chat stops and business comes about. But uh, yeah no it's it's golden goal is always about two hundred fifty quid and then the last man standing's up in around six or seven. So if you want to win a few quid and have a bit of crack, get in touch with us, we'll put you in the pitch. Or we'll put you in the group, but Fikra says a last man standing is the secret. The secret to success this year is to pick the teams playing on dodgy pitches because you get a boy. And this was contentious issue in the WhatsApp group where treaty and who was a prof? Treaty and Derry got called off. So whoever picked Derry and Treaty got a boy and I know thought it was absolute <laughs> bullshit. Because, because there own- was about eight hours left to pick teams but the precedent had been set because it happened previously so you can't really change the rules. So for next year, you got to pick a different team. You can't just get a boy because the match is off. My opinion.
3: I think it should be written to the rules how close to kick-off it is. Like, that was that, noon or something? Well, even, that, even
1: an hour before kick-off is fine. All you have to do is pick a different team. Well, if the I mean? person
3: isn't looking at his phone? Well, that's their fault. <laughs> A.K.A. Merrow. So I have to keep an eye on the phone to see that my game is not called off. Yeah, you I'm a- in I'm in the 99 bar having a little no pint with Togden. You need to be on the ball, Prof,
1: here, right? You need to be on the ball.
3: I'm already down one life because of this. Uh, same. I'm, I'm down one life because of bleeding UCD let me down. Look at Drogheda getting hammered right after I pick UCD to beat them. Getting pumped. Getting pumped. Thanks, Drogheda. Um... Yeah, another big story was uh, Michael Duffy's injury. That's huge.
1: Yeah, fractured tibiot. Um They're hoping it is not as bad as they thought it would be. But, like, you've McElhaney struggling for fitness. You've <coughs> Duffy, two mega earners, and Derry sitting on the sidelines. I mean, it's bad news. That's why I wasn't really saying
3: Derry for second. Because it, it it hinged on Duffy and McElhaney being injury-free. Still had McGonagall in- scoring free. goals, though. Yeah, no, he's he's, uh, he's excellent. But uh, the ammunition... Mm. The assists
1: are going to dry up, I reckon.
3: I know, but when you analyse the team at the start of the season and you're like, oh, look at their signings. But you also have to factor in, well, if one or two of them is injury prone. Two of them, literally the best <laughs> players.
1: Two best players. With Hearts 4, St. Merlin 2 and Super Sub, Aaron McInf started in the Scottish Cup quarter final. he grabbed the goal and assist off the bench. 36 seconds into his appearance from the bench, he scored with a second touch. So, um, I think it's needed a little boost for his career and Hearts. He's been on the bench Quite a bit at this stage, but. Um, Did you say 26 seconds? Yeah. 36, I think it
3: was. No, nah, it was time to 26. 26. Did you see
1: the clip? Yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah. Great bit of uh, social media from, from Hearts' team. His
3: second touch in the match, so that put him 3 2 up, and then the assist put them 4 2 up.
1: With something possibly we could, you could argue that we're missing at the minute in our midfield. You could say that. We will talk about that another time. But the underage results <laughs> prof the Rovers 19s beat Finn Harps 5 0 at Talla and the 17s beat Wexford 6 0 at home. And we had two away wins for the women's 19s and the 70s: 2-0 and 1-0 win over Donegal and Dundalk respectively. So there we go. So the underage fixtures, Prof, coming up. We have Sunday the 20th of March in the Showgrounds, 2pm, Sligo Rovers versus Shamrock Rovers. We have Sunday the 20th of March in the SRFC Academy in the Roadstone. Half five, the women's under-19s. EA Sports League of Ireland, Shamrock Rovers versus Shelbourne. That'll be a good one. Saturday, 19th of March, we have the showgrounds half four. The women's under-17s EA Sports League of Ireland game in the Slugger Rovers, Shamrock Rovers. And then the Sunday, the 20th of March, SRFC Academy, 3pm, under-15s EA Sports League of Ireland. Rovers versus UCD in the Roadstone. And then Saturday, 19th of March, Marley Park, 6pm, under-14s friendly UCD versus Shamrock Rovers. So take some of that in and watch our future starlets, prof.
3: Yeah, the men's 17s, they don't have a game on the weekend due to international tournament. And um, we had a proud moment for James Roach. He captained the Ireland under-15s. James is one of five Rovers players involved in the two friendlies with Wales this past week.
1: Mm. How, how proud would you be? I mean, Roach, he has to be proud. I mean, think about it. Your son captaining Ireland and getting stuck in at Rovers as well. And apparently a massive Rovers fan as well. All eyes on Rovers at the minute. So, good stuff. And... Prof, next up we have a tricky winger coming on We've Oli Cahill, so here he is. So we're joined now by Oli Cahill, one of the most
3: decorated players of his generation with five league medals and a League Player of the Year award from 2006. Uh, we'll also talk about his one and a half seasons at Tala, so welcome to the show,
4: Oli. Yes, Carl, thanks for having me.
3: So let's start with Cork City. You had six seasons there at Turner's Cross, winning an FAI Cup and a League Cup under Dave Barry. Was it that FEI Cup final win over Shelburne? Was that probably the highlight?
4: Yeah, yeah, it was. I had um, it's six good years there. We came runners up twice in the league to I think St Pat's twice. So you know, looking back on it, it was disappointing not to win a league. And um, we had it. We had a really good squad with some really good players, and it's it's a great place to play football as well. And Turners Cross is packed, and you know, fans behind you. It's it's it is a great place to play. But yeah, I, I had six really good years there, and. They won that the League Cup and the FAI Cup. Yeah, winning that was was probably the highlight. And um, you know, as I say, it was it's just a pity we didn't win a league title with with the team we had, but um, you know, it wasn't to be unfortunately. And that's probably part of the reason why I ended up leaving in the end after the six years there.
3: Yeah, you were 26 when you joined Champions Shelburne. So was it difficult to leave Cork? But also you had it was a feeling of your ambition to win league titles wouldn't be realized at Cork.
4: Yeah, exactly. That That's it. it hit the nail on the head. I just felt like, you know, it's, I've given six years in Cork and I said, just we've gone close without getting over the line. I was at that point in my career going, you know, I want to win the league titles. I want to be able to look back and say, I've won X amount of league titles or what have you. And I just didn't think Cork had that ambition. I just felt, you know, that they were, you know, relying maybe on, cork players coming back from england and stuff that they never really went out trying to sign the best players that were going around in the league at the time and stuff and you know th- that way of doing it obviously it worked out all right from with the likes of George O'Callaghan and john o'flynn coming back actually the season i I left they came in so they did well on that side of it but um i just felt you know th- that they didn't really have the ambition to really push it and, and really go after winning things and say so i was at that point in my career where i wanted to to win things um, and league titles especially that's what we just set out at the start you know to be winning league titles so um yeah i made the move to shells which i think it turned out to be the right one in the end with, with three league titles in, in five seasons there um, and really enjoyed my time there yeah great club and as i say, they they were ambitious they wanted to push on they wanted to be winning league titles they wanted to be making progress in europe as well um, and i loved every minute of it there
3: yeah, Shells with the dominant team of the early nineties, and you're you're part of that European run all the way to Deportivo, the Pack Lansdowne Road, where you were so close to the Champions League group stage. Uh, is that night well up there in terms of your career?
4: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It would be it would be a highlight that, that whole period and that run, um you know, drawing nil-nil in in landsdown and even the second leg out in the reels are, it was nil-nil at halftime and going back out into the pitch for the second half thinking. We've still got a chance here of making the group stages of the Champions League, um. You know, and they had got to this. I think it's the semi final the year before of the Champions League. Like so, they were no mugs, Um, so we were. You no, know, we, we really thought we had a chance. I think in the first half away as well, Jason Bourne had a brilliant opportunity, and if you give anyone a chance, it would have been Jason to to stick it away, um, a header. But um, unfortunately, we didn't capitalise. And then obviously they went one up. They had some really good players as well. They went one up, and we. Kind of went, had to go chasing the game a bit and, and conceded two more. Um, unfortunately, went out then. But they say, yeah, looking back and uh, on my career, like that, that those games and, and that run would be up there absolutely as one of the highlights.
3: I don't know if you've seen the all time list lately, but uh, you made a total of 41 European appearances. That record stood for quite a long time, actually, but you've since been overtaken by Gary Rogers and our captain, Ronald Finn. In fact even Sean Gannon is sneaking up behind you
4: now yeah yeah well I, I was aware I was I was leading it for for quite a while um all right um but yeah look the the guys yeah like I say, Gary Rogers, uh, part of some hugely <laughs> successful teams at, at Dundalk and Finner and Sean Gannon as well you know the, the careers they've had and you know the, the rewards for doing it domestically is those European games and, and playing in those games which every player wants wants to be involved in and play and so i Honoured and delighted to have played 41 times in Europe and um, I, I think my first six seasons playing in Europe never got past the first round, I Used I always get knocked out of the first round, so it took, it took me a while to make some progress, um, but yeah, look, it's safe for, for every player, Lots of uh, for lots of the time. Looking back on the European games, maybe it's the highlights. I'm sure some Shamrock Rovers players making the group stages, you know, there a few years ago, the Dundalk lads making group stages of Europa League. Um, and I'm sure, look, the, the Rovers players of of the here and now as well, they'll be looking towards group stages of Conference League or Europa League or whatever, Champions League as well, like you've got to be ambitious. Um, so, yeah, look, there's they can they can play maybe more games at the moment, the way the way it's structured. I think when I started out, it was losing, you're, you're gone now you know, especially with the, the champions route that they can get knocked out of Champions League and drop into Europa League and, and play more games, which is great As I say, that's where every player wants to test themselves. And, you know, fair play to the lads who've, who've racking up those appearances. And, but I say for me, it was, it was brilliant. And I was delighted to play that amount of, of times in Europe. I was lucky to be part of some really, really good cool teams and that, you know, we, we were successful domestically and to say that you're able to get onto that European stage and, and, and play your trade and play games on, on that stage.
3: Yeah, the shell team and the likes of Jason Byrne and uh, Joey and Doe, and there was a combination of yourself and a young Wes Houlihan on the left flank. So, could you see a future Ireland star in the making with Wesel?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I think, see the ability and talent he had. He was just like you know, like a street footballer. And I think the biggest, you know, when you're looking back, everyone barely points to that time in Lansdowne against Deportivo. Like I think it was Maro Mer- Mer- Silva was the, the midfielder for Deport played at the World Cup with Brazil and all, and I don't think he got near Wes on the night. And some of the stuff Wes was doing, you were just like nearly in awe of him. Like he could he could do anything, and you are thinking, like when I was training, obviously training with him and watching him playing, going, I think he could, he's just that type of player that could do it at whatever level he's at, whether it was Leicester Senior League, whether it was League of Ireland, whether it was you know, on the international stage, wherever. That's just the way he played. He didn't care about the opposition didn't care who he was up against. He was just like, give me the ball and, and I'll do his stuff. And he's still doing it now, knocking on fourth. You see some of the stuff he's he's still doing at the moment and incredible, incredible talent. Um and it was a joy to play with him. Um obviously when I saw him for Shells first, you're thinking the competition here for the left wing spot, but I think Wes used to kind of play on the right and he'd playing maybe as a 10 and in the middle and stuff and could play nearly anywhere. But you know, when you have someone of that ability and talent, you'd always find a place for him in your team. But as I say it was it was a joy to play with him and when he's on his game, like serious, serious talent and ability and like like what a player. And the fairness to him he's when he made the move across it went to Livingston, first thing people maybe were going, What's he going to Livingston for? But it's turned out to be a really good move. And obviously that the pathway he made through um through the other teams like Blackpool, Norwich and everything like And he's probably, I think he's up there as legends probably in all for all the clubs he's actually played for, which just goes to show the talent and the build he has and look fair play to him. said he's, he's had a brilliant career and he deserves it.
3: Yeah, he should have had a lot more ireland caps i think uh, nearly everybody feels
4: that way but uh... yeah absolutely you you would think they they should have been building a team around them with that ability but didn't maybe get as many captures as you say as he should have should have done but um yeah so maybe he he might have regrets about that but look that was that was out of his hands he was just doing his stuff like it was up to the, the managers of the time to pick him and pity they didn't but you know it was it's was Ireland's loss anyway that's for sure so in 2007,
3: the Drogheda, uh you won your fourth title in five seasons. And that was Drahada's first ever league title under Paul Dulan. So that made it special for them. Do you have a favourite league medal that you've won out with the five?
4: Oh, yeah, that's tricky. They're all, they're all great. It's great to win, like, especially when I move to Shells, you're thinking of the first one because you're moving to, as I say, win league titles really. And to win that first one is special. Um I don't know, maybe maybe the third one at Shells, considering what we've gone through that season and you know the the financial turmoil that the club had hit and everything that went on that year. I suppose for us to get through that and to still come out as champions. I suppose if I'm really pushed looking back on it that'd probably be the, the best one out of the five. And um, you know, we just we had a serious team and they were just Guys with that mentality that that wanted to win. and What went on off the pitch obviously wasn't wasn't easy for 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 the lads, but we were able to park it and do our stuff on the pitch. And I supposed to say, to come out on top um, of that season, it was goal difference. We won the league title um, from Derry City, and was I suppose yeah, that, I'd, I'd probably put that up there as the best of the, of the lot.
3: Well, then Adrada the, in your second season, there was a case of deja vu because once again the breakup of a good side because of financial difficulties.
4: Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, again, it was, you know, two years, uh, 2006, I think it was Shells, and then signed so for Drogheda 2007, 2008, then obviously the the crack started to appear again um, at, at Drogheda, which, you know, they had great plans about a new stadium and all that, and to really push things on. Obviously got success on the pitch, but obviously things didn't follow off the pitch. Um, and again, yeah, team broke up again. And um, so, yeah, and, and Paul Doolin, you know, had, had been, built something good there and was gradually, you know, putting things together. And as I said, it, it won the, the FEI Cup, they won the Satanta Cup, maybe a couple of Satanta Cups, they won the Satanta Cup and the league in the first season there. So, you know, things were going well on the pitch and, and progressing. And then, um, unfortunately, as I said, things off the pitch um, didn't didn't match that and look, it ended up the way it did. And um, so, yeah, at the end of... Was it two thousand and eight? Then yeah, you know it, they weren't the club that I'd signed for two years previously. So, um, unfortunately. Um, but look again, great memories at the club there. They so winning the league title first, first try the team to do that. to win the Premier Division. Um, again, you're talking about Europe. that's those games in, in Europe and nearly knocking down kiev out and all that. So they're, they're special memories. And like no matter what went on, that that would never detract from that. And there was some great people at the club. The same Michelle's like brilliant, brilliant people at the club who, you know, put a lot of time into trying to push the club and make it the, the club it was and is now. Um so you know again the memories are always there which which is great to have.
3: Yeah there's some famous near misses isn't there for League of Ireland clubs in Europe. But say Rabo had nightmares for a while over Kiel hitting the crossbar.
4: Yeah, I can still. I was in getting into the box, and when the ball hit the post and rolled across the box, I was kind of on the edge of the six yard box and making my way in. If the ball hits the post and comes back out, I have a chance of getting. I know there's a defender in the, the area as well, but it hits the post and rolls across and out the other side. And um, yeah, so I can, still, I can still vividly see that ball rolling across like in slow motion, and no one ain't going to get there. And um, I think we had a chance before that as well, Adam Hughes as well, had a really good chance. And, um, you know, it wasn't long after that then when the, the club kind of hit the trouble and the, and the finances and, and, you know, everything kind of became apparent as to wh- where the club was at. You know, you're looking back on if we'd won that and got through the next round or what might have happened or, you know, um, it mightn't have gone the way it did. But look. It did unfortunately. But again, look, great memories. And um, you know, Paul Doolin is a brilliant manager and I love my time playing under him. Um and and at the club. But yeah, as you say, a, it was a another another close one, um, but fortunately it wasn't to be.
3: So yourself and Stephen Bradley, you were Michael Neal's first two signings when he became Shamrock growers manager in two thousand nine. Uh, In Bradshaw's case, he was a Tata native and the new stadium, like that was something that meant a lot to him. Similar with Shane Robinson, he had been there before. Come back as captain, he knew the history. In your case, personally, you were 33. uh, Rowers and Bowes came in for you. So you could have gone full time, but this said you had just taken the PFEI job, isn't that right?
2: Yeah,
4: yeah, 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 that was it. and. Yeah, it was a big transition, I suppose, for me personally at the time. Yeah, going obviously working, playing part time um, with Rovers, but again, I was delighted to sign for Rovers. And obviously, you knew the history and tradition, there. they're a huge club, and supposed the excitement around them uh, finally getting into the new stadium and talent and everything that went with that. So, um. Football wise, I know as saying I was gone from full time to part time and all, and it was a change. But you're still thinking, signing for Shamrock Rovers here, and you know, this is a massive club, a club they should be challenging every year to be winning things and pushing for honours, league titles, cups. So I was still, as a, even though I was 33, um, I was still ambitious, I still wanted to win things and, and play at the top level. And, and so I thought it was a massive opportunity to do that playing with Shamrock Rovers. Um, obviously, didn't know. Michael O'Neill didn't know much about him as a manager obviously knew of him as a player and the pedigree he had but um, for him coming into the league as well you know didn't know much about him but when I met him impressed me Um, Trevor Crawley, obviously coming in as coach as well I think people in the country knew how how good a coach he was didn't realise how good he was until I was working with him and with Rovers and I think he is the the best well when I was there anyway he was the the best coach in the country by a distance and so you know I thought like everything here is geared towards success again. You know, if things go well, you can, you know, really build on the momentum of getting into talent, push things on that, you know, that this, this could be really um, huge and uh, and successful. And again, as I say, I was ambitious. I wanted to, didn't want my, my career to just peter out, you know, going part-time and go, you know, I just peter out and drift off. I, I still wanted to be competitive, win things and, and and, you know, give it everything for whatever was left of my career at that age.
3: And as we're talking today, actually Sunday, it's exactly thirteen years ago to the day that Rovers played their first game at Talla Stadium, the two-one win over Stoigo. Did you and the players actually have a look at the ground prior to match day? Because some of them have described it as still a building site.
4: Yeah, I think we we trained a couple of times in the in the stadium before <coughs> the game, just to obviously get used to the surrounds and the pitch and all. And see, at the time it was it was only the one stand, and um, so. You Know it felt, yeah, it's kind of strange, I suppose, with just one stand, three sides empty, and um, draining in it, and trying to imagine the crowd in it. But, um, the noise of the first game, then like it was it was jam packed that stand, and it was so massive. It wasn't a great night weather wise, like but everything else. And so, when you walked out into the pitch, you, you knew you were part of something special. And I suppose, it was, again, when they signed for the club, you knew what it meant for them to be getting back into. Their own stadium to to finally be, be playing a game in Tala and you know you could you could just feel it around the place and you say that that night was special and you know even say as a, an experienced player at the time you still know you know you can really appreciate it and go you know what this is it's great to be part of this but um, you know we've got a knuckle down here we've got a job to do we want to we didn't want a night like that to be a dampener and um, you know and to go out and lose or maybe not put on a performance and thankfully we did. We did beat Sligo 1-2-1, one, one, and you can look back on it, you know, with, with even more fondness that, that we did. Um, we did win the game, and maybe it was the, a legend being born as well, and Gary Twig too, you know, like the, the things he went on to do. Um, I think that noise was probably the start of it, um, and, you know, it was it was a great noise, and Desi getting the second goal, and I had a part to play in that as well, and, you know, it was it was just a great night all around, and, and you know, it was great to be a part of it.
3: Yeah, just about to say you're involved in a bit of history because twiggy gets the first goal and the second ever goal on the stadium 5 minutes into the second half uh you went on an amazing run and your cross was coolly finished by daisy baker to make a 2-0 so a famous assist
4: yeah yeah no it was it was great to 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 do that and look as a winger that's nearly your that's your job nearly you know to be getting down the line getting crosses in the box getting assists creating chances and um, so so for me to do that, um, obviously just my second game, second competitive game for Rovers was great. Um, and to do it in that kind of occasion made it even better. And you know, I can still see it now and the ball dropping and they just wanna take off and you know, went past a couple of defenders and put it into the area where Daisy was coming on to it, and, you know, when he he buried us and uh, you know him and Twiggy were lethal up front that year. They had a really good understanding, a great, great partnership. Um you know and it was it was great for them and and, and twiggy as well as they had to score, the strikers feed off goals As i'm a winger i'd feed off assists and getting balls in the box and creating chances so it was it was a great night all around um and you know as again as i say it was great to be part of it
3: did you sense incredible emotion from the fans that night because so many of them there have been waiting 22 years for for a home ground
4: yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, they uh, when say I, when I sign, obviously when you're on the outside looking in, you're aware of what's going on but when you sign for the club then and then you're part of it, you really get a feeling and understanding of how much it meant to, to lots of people there, fans, like people who've been involved in the club for years and, um say, all the work that had gone in to get the the club to this point and, like, people say, oh, I can't really believe it's a reality that we're finally here and we're finally, you know, have a, as you say after after that length of time to be this is our home this we're going to be playing our home games and, and yeah you do as I say when you're inside the ropes you really do get a sense of, of what it meant to the to the whole club the fans every, everything everyone um, and as I say for us to go out and win that first game there I think was really special and, and it wasn't lost on the players how important an evening it was and thankfully you know it didn't get to us because you can kind of get kind of stage fright or like the build up kind of distract you from the game but we didn't and, and say so we went out to to and won the game thankfully and you know went on to have a, a really good season as well on, on the back of that
3: you're a versatile player like you could play left wing or left left back i'm not sure that season where you were deployed more do you recall uh
4: yeah it was a bit of both obviously that started off on the wing and played a bit left back as well in birmingham was was obviously he was a Pretty decent left back there to have. So, um, yeah, i I'm trying to recall. I think I was kind of in between both. More as a winger, I think, um, than than a left back. Um, but I enjoyed playing both positions. Probably as I got older, maybe I would have enjoyed the full back role maybe a bit more. And I just felt like more room to be move, moving onto the ball and getting into the, you know, Getting ahead of steam and coming from left back onto balls. And um, what I say, Ian Birmingham's a top, top left back still, still playing now. And you know, Captain pats to win the cup last year. Um, and he was a great lad as well. Um and you know, I think he was nearly pro- probably the first choice left back. But yeah, no, I played a few games there as well. But again, we had a really good squad with really good players. So just to be playing, <laughs> I was happy, you know
3: there were experienced players in that squad like yourself that were already there. Uh, darren McGuire, uh, Aiden Price in defence. Then Mike O'Neill did well, didn't he, to, to recruit outside the league. You brought in Craig Sivas, who s- seemed to last cause injury wise, but turned out to be a fantastic defender. And then of course, up front Twiggy was incredible the way he just scored goals.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously Michael had known these guys from uh, his time in Scotland and managing in Scotland. And, um, he probably knew what he was bringing in obviously we didn't Yeah, Sivy he turned out to be really a tremendous player really good but i see twiggy was he was doing i remember we played he was at lawn in a pre-season friendly and might have been twiggy's first game and he scored a header and it was just the position he got into the way he buried the header and all i was kind of and i remember going into work and saying to steve mcginnis my boss going this fella let's well, just watch out for this fella obviously not thinking he'd make the impact he did but i just thought <laughs> this fellow knows where the goal is and I say just he, just the way he buried the header it just kind of stuck in my mind um and I can remember people actually he was only a break and City or whatever and I was going just just watch this guy <laughs> just watch and as I say just from the beginning I say I see that goal in talent. and he got huge confidence from that for he can slow on that first game and just went from strength to strength there. Um, I, I doubt Michael probably would have realised the impact he, he was going to make as well, but he obviously knew he was a decent player. But yeah, he was he was unbelievable. Um, but yeah, obviously Michael had an eye for the player and knew what he was bringing in as well. Um, you know, I brought a couple of other lads in um, who did really good jobs as well. But yeah, no, there was there was a good blend and a good mixture as well. As you say, there was... Experience and um, a couple of young lads as well, and you know he just likes of Padraig Amund and Simon Madden and you say Hayden Price and type person, you know. Pursa, you know? Um, so there, there was a good mix there, and we had a good squad, a good unit. There was there was a good band in the squad as well. We've just had a derby there a couple of days ago,
3: but the first ever derby in Tada was in May two thousand nine, and again Gary Twig with the two late goals. What's your memories of those last few minutes?
4: ah uh, bedlam mayhem yeah it was <laughs> i think people had left the ground uh, i remember speaking to one or two people who, who was gone because said how oh, you didn't look like scoring can't couldn't believe and then he said that was that was twiggy it, he would turn half there weren't even chances into goals um yeah and it was just it was just mayhem again obviously it was it was a massive occasion the first rovers balls Derby and Tala, um, and yeah you know and and the build up and how keyed up everyone is for those sort of games anyway but the, it was it was huge to have it in talent but you know to to win the way we did win and to, to like to, when we equalised you're thinking that's, you know we've got a point here to go and get the winner was just <laughs> that's incredible it was yeah as I say it was just mayhem mayhem that's all I can remember the, the fans and players as well like it was just it was huge and you know, you always wins like that galvanize teams, and you, you always get a huge boost. It, no matter who it was, but when you're beating your biggest and fiercest rivals in that manner, like it's you can't buy that. It was just, it was crazy. It was crazy, and you know, it was again another another special day, and it was unbelievable to be part of it again.
3: And then things got even crazier with the Real Madrid friendly in Tala. You were a second a half substitute. Any memories of uh, Ronaldo and the Gladiators?
4: Yeah, yeah, it was again yeah, another it was a great game to obviously be part of no there's no pressure on us, it was just a great game to be part of. And they're coming over and you're thinking, ah, they might not play the full squad or they might not. they were all there. They were <laughs> all the big ones were there. And I think all the players, well, all the Rovers players clamouring for jerseys and asking for for swaps or whatever. And I remember going on in the second half and uh, Wes Schneider was going on as well for madrid and i just said to him can i get your jersey at the end of it obviously he was a top player dutch international um serious player and he's he was like yeah yeah no problem and i think at the final whistle i think it could have been Daisy baker or one of the lads asking him and he in fairness he he said no 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 mm-hmm. and he actually pointed at me just went over and, and i got his jersey and i got i can remember actually pepe as well coming into our dressing room afterwards looking for a shama grover shirt so um, and strange but look it was nice as well and, and little things like that stick with you but um again another fantastic occasion to be part of and um, they got Benzema scoring I think it was an 89th or 88 minute mm. winner and um, you know I think there was obviously temporary stands and there was 12,000 people at and you know, getting battered for tickets <laughs> in the in the run up to We couldn't get enough tickets out people coming from you know, the woodwork looking for tickets and you're trying to keep everyone happy and coming from you know, Clan Mel, really. Coming from Clan Mail, yeah, and relations <laughs> and cousins and everything. Yeah, yeah. They were it, it was. But look, you can only do so much as well. And you know, because it was a friendly, maybe didn't mind, you know, if it was a competitive game, that would be a distraction for me anyway, I'd be going right, I have X amount of tickets and that's it. I'm like, not worrying anymore but with it being a friendly you're probably going to you know what, I'll see if i could do and trying to get an extra few tickets but there was there was very few to be got um you know but again I say it was it was a brilliant occasion to be part great for the club as well and remember sky sports coming out and doing a piece on me and in the office and the job and, and everything and, and yeah you know just it, there was huge media coverage around us um, but as i say great exposure for for the team for the club and everything and it was good for us to go out as well and put on a decent performance and I remember sean o'connor giving marcelo a bit of a tough time as well he got <laughs> flowing past him a few times and, and yeah we did well we did really well and you say they they I know it's their pre-season and you know they're maybe not a full pellet but they had their they had all the big guns out. And again, look, it was great to be rubbing shoulders with them and playing against the, those, the likes of those players.
3: And yeah, the players I've spoken to from that season, they, they all feel we probably should have won that league title in 2009 because it was in our hands after a great 1-0 win over Bowes and Tallie. Then we slipped up against Cork and it was actually a young Aaron Green of all the people for Galway who yeah. effectively killed our challenge with an and goal.
4: Yeah, I remember that. And we can remember us when we beat... Beat balls one 0 and it might have been five or six games. I think to go on the season, maybe five. And we were playing Derry away the next game, and I was, I was in my head, thinking, thinking, going to be this is going to be really tough. You know, going to Derry on the back of a big derby win again. That you know spirits will really be up, but let's not get carried away. And we went up and beat Derry, and I really thought after that, I was like, Fuck, that could be the one that that could clinch it for us you know as in we just we really kick on now towards the end of the season. only four games left or whatever that you know I was really confident I was winning that and I just thought that Derry game away was huge if we'd lost that or didn't win that it might have been but when we went up there and it was a really tough game to come out of that with a 1-0 win I was was really confident we would go on and and, and close it out from there but I think the Cork game again I can remember the Cork game because they were having financial troubles again, and there was talks of the game even not being played. That they, the the core players might strike um, over money's owed and stuff. And it was we were thinking. I think we actually went one nil up maybe early, and, and thinking oh, on the back of all the trouble they've had and everything. I think we maybe just subconsciously maybe thought oh, we had this game won, and the beat is, and it was a major kick in the backside. Um and probably one we didn't recover from. And yeah, and again, yeah, the, the Galway game at home. Um, it's really disappointing. Oh, <laughs> I'm even disappointed now thinking back on it and how deflating it was. Um, especially that Cork game, you know, that was to me that that was that was a really disappointing one on the back of the couple of results we'd had before that. And I say considering what they'd gone through, but maybe from Cork's end, you know, they you know what, we'd nothing to lose all the all the crap we have been going through and maybe going out and playing was a distraction and you know what they played well in the night and deserved to win but yeah seriously to, <laughs> even I'm struggling, it's hard to even talking about it now because it would have been unbelievable to win it go on and win a league title in the first season in talent it would have been absolutely it would have been a serious achievement as well because like from michael to come in a new manager to come in and put the squad together the way he did and to have the, I know we had a really good season anyway, but to go on and win it would have been some achievement. But yeah, just petered out at the end, really, really disappointing. Uh,
3: you sort of fell down the pecking order then by July 2010. You ended up moving on to sporting Fingal. Uh, you did mm. play enough games to earn a league medal, but that Rovers team it was obviously building towards something under Mike O'Neill but uh, you weren't in, in Michael's plan. So I've seen you say that you basically fell out with him. Is that right?
4: Yeah, well, we just oh, i I sure fell out with him, but we just didn't see eye he eye and certain things. Um, but what, look, again, it wouldn't have affected me as in training-wise or anything. I would have always put 100% in training and was always there ready to, to play if needed. Um, I can remember... Well, loads of times I would have got on a Friday I would have got a phone call from Trevor Crowley they say oh, look you're not in the squad tonight do you want to come in and do a bit extra and was, absolutely yeah I would have been there myself actually and Graham Barrett and maybe one or two other lads we would have got to the to Stadium maybe I don't know five o'clock or half four and we would have done some physical work before before the games and stuff and that was that was my mindset just you never know just always be ready um, if we can do a bit extra put a bit more work in and to be ready and um, to play when called upon yeah I'm, I'm here and i'm ready obviously michael had different ideas and obviously different players and i look like, that's fine that's fine that that's football um but you know i was i was 34 at, at that stage going so i well, anyway, i want to still play i still think i have something to offer and um, you know i don't want to be in the stands watching games and um, I knew obviously Rovers were on the right track and, you know, again, contending to win things. But I just felt it was probably best for me then to move on that, you know, I wasn't going to get the game time I wanted. So you know, I didn't want to be just sitting there um, at the end and going, you know what, we won a league title, but not really feeling part of it. And um, that just wasn't wasn't me, it wasn't for me. And um, yeah, in the July, I ended up moving on to, to Sporting Fingal. Um I can remember the the last game of the season, uh, when Rovers actually won it. That I, I wasn't part of the sporting Fingal squad for that last game. I was watching the the Rovers game on the telly down in Bray, and you know, I was delighted that the lads just did did win it, get over the line. Because obviously, I'd I'd been there a year and a half with the, with the bulk of that squad, and it was it was great to see them um, win that win that title. And, you know, I remember with with Fingal actually beating Rovers in Talla two one. Um, Just about to ask, yeah Yeah, I, got, I, I came on I think I came on a sub in that game um, I'm on
3: the last eight minutes and it was an eventful yeah, eight minutes
4: It was an eventful eight minutes, yeah, absolutely but the, My abiding memory of that is the final whistle I think Twiggy was nearly lying on the ground in the centre circle, I think they, they thought they'd lost it. and I, I went over and I picked them up and I remember saying to them, going it's not over yet, I said it's not over yet I said don't be lying on the ground because don't let anyone see like you think it's all I know it was a a massive blow for them to to be losing and then I picked them up and I just remember saying to them just hang in there it's not over yet you you just never know Um, and (laughs) it it wasn't and um, but yeah that was yeah eight minutes it was (laughs) a crazy eight minutes and I think actually Mike O'Neill might have broke a glass or a window or something in the dressing room and and in the home (laughs) dressing room as well I don't think he was happy um at the end yeah, um, but look, thankfully all throughout well them ends well for, for them, and they did go on to, to win it. And and they did, and they deserved it, and fair play to them. It was, it was great to see them do it.
3: But the final whistle that night in the Fingal game, it was like a morgue in T I remember that night so well. Did you think Robert's been waiting sixteen years? We've just cast Robert the league here. Yeah, well, I was
4: thinking potentially, but it's just for whatever I don't know, like as I say, when I was picking Twiggy up, I was going, "Do you know what this? You just never know." I, I think it was was that the third last? Was it two games left after that, or three? It was the third
3: last game, and Bose had to go game. to Galway, which they were expected to win, but then remarkably, yeah. they were beaten.
4: They were beaten, yeah, yeah. And I, I just said to Twiggy because I just thought when he was lying on the ground that, like, if you were a Bose player looking at, you going, oh, "They, they think it's, you know, like in wicked." I just, I just remember saying to him, "This isn't over yet." I see get up, don't, don't let them see it. Losing balls, both see you um, lying on the ground, just get up, and, um, yeah, it was just, you probably did think, and even, you know, amazing, that's a major blow for them, obviously, and to be losing, and losing the way they did, it's going to be hard to come back from that, but, I say, football's, <laughs> football's football, you just never know, football, what's around the corner, or what, what happens, so, um, and look, so, so approved, and, and, um, yeah, as I say, it was it was great to see them get over the line and I know how much hard work goes into it um, from the players' end and from everyone involved in the club, you know, it's it's not just players, and you know, I was, I was delighted to to see them win it and um, yeah it, it was great for them.
3: Was the last week at Sporting Fingal a crazy one when they went out of business? Like when did you and the players become aware of what was about to happen?
4: Yeah, it was kind of it was in the off season. Um I think they were, they were actually back pre-season. If I hadn't signed back or anything. Um, I was, I think I, I'm not exactly sure if they were actually in training or if it was they were set to go back training. But um, knew obviously things weren't right. And um, with, with my job as well, you know that uh, and Stephen McGinnis would have been in, involved in you know helping out and making sure players were looked after in that situation. Then, but yeah, we just. Obviously, oh, I see. I, I my contract had finished at the end of season, and I hadn't signed back. I was I was still a, a kind of a, a free agent. So um yeah, it was. Exa- I wasn't part of it, and then it went bang or whatever. I was finished out the last season. I'm sure players had agreed contracts and wanted to stay there for for another season, but I obviously I wasn't part of that. And again, look, it was just disappointing to see the the club. Wound up and and go the way they did. They had that huge success, obviously, in the in very short time they, they were in business. And, and no one likes to see that to ha- happen to any club, um, you know. But again, say from from my own end, it, it was working. We were just there to help the players and try and make sure they got other clubs or whatever situation was going on. They were finger whatever agreements they had placed to make sure, and um, that side of things was started for them. And then obviously that they could move their career on um, after that. And you re- reunited with Nutsy
3: at Bowles in two thousand eleven before retiring at the end of that season to focus on your role in the PFEI, So it just felt like the right time to hang up the boots today.
4: Yeah, yeah, I was, um yeah, I was thirty six. I think by the end of that season, just had a had a, had a first child as well. Um And you know, I was just saying, maybe it's just time. Yeah, yeah, I've. I've seen enough. I've done enough. I was happy with the with the career I had. I just you know, um, just had a good think of it after the end of the season, and then decided you know what, I think I think now is the right time to to step away. Um, you know, you could be working, training three or four nights a week as well, missing out on the. I say the first child and, and, and all that, that comes with that. And also I just decided, you know what? It was now was the right time to to step away. And, you know, again, looking back, it was the right decision. I, I think it was the right time and, then, and possibly could have played on for another year or two you a fairly fit bloke. And you said I was looked after myself, but, you know, I think I think it was the right thing to do. And, um, you know, I can look back on my career and go, you know, I, I had a really good career. I think I, just under 500 league appearances. And as you said, the, the European appearances and the league titles. And, you know, I was lucky, as I said, to be to be part of some really, really good teams at, at special clubs and um, delighted to to be a, a small part of of the success at, at those clubs. And, you know, I had a, a hugely enjoyable career.
3: You played with Gr- uh, Glenn Cronin uh, at Bowes there. In fact, at one time or another, you've played with nearly all the Roberts coaching staff and academy coaches, i draw it as well. So yeah. you're in a unique position yeah. to come on Bradzer's group. They've been together from day mm-hmm. one. It's obviously brought all this success. So what are they like
4: as people? And why do you think they work so well together? Yeah, I, they're just football people through and through. Um, I see Bradzer's unbelievable ability, unbelievable talent as a player. Maybe, I don't know if he looks back at himself, maybe should have done more as a player you know, He retired early enough as well and he went into management very early but it's no surprise that he's success as a manager and I see he was he just understands the game is aware of the game again when through my work with the PFA Ireland like Bradzer would come in and manage that that out of contract squad and we went to you know Oslo to a tournament in the offseason and stuff and Bradzer was part of that and coaching, and you could see even so I obviously had known him as a player. And then when I see him on that side of things going, you know what? He just he can see it. He knows what the game is about. He, he just has it. And to bring these guys in around him, obviously Shane Robinson, as you said, um Aiden Price, Stephen Gray, Graham Garland, these are all lads I know that are involved there now. And they're just passionate about the game. They understand the game. They understand the club as well. Um the, they know what it's about and they're they're driven and they want to be successful and they're hungry and they're not the types of guys to just stand still and go you know what that's great we've done this or they've done that they're, you know even as players they were always looking to can we push the exam can we make it better can we if you want something can we win it again can we go again and they're bringing that into their into their life after playing now as well as coaches and and managers and what have you there and you know just and they're all great guys as well. I couldn't speak highly enough of them all. I played, played with all of them. Um, and it's, it's no surprise to see them being successful um, as coaches and managers. And, you know, um, long may I continue for them. And they're, they're the standard bears now. They've pushed things on and it's up to every other team and club now to try and match what, what they're doing there. Fair play to them.
3: And I told Brazzy you were coming on. He told me to call you the cameraman. So the what's cam- that nickname about? <laughs>
4: Ah, yeah, that's it. Well, <laughs> he's uh, yeah. a few nights out in, in in Drogheda. It was just a, a joke between uh, us and my wife and, and him and stuff as well. And yeah, look, Bradgers, he's a great lad, a great great character. I say, what a what a player, some ability, some talent, and you could see. On, i look at all when we were at Drogheda, you know, Paul Dool and he might be going through something. going. most fellas wouldn't see that pass, but he said the wee man would. As in Bradzer could see that pass and play that pass or whatever, and just he just had that ability, Bradzer. But he, again, he was, he was a great guy and, and a funny guy and brilliant to, to share a dressing room with him and the success he's had now. And I look, it's, it's great for the club that, that they still boy him. I remember being in Tallaght when was it they, they played Dundalk and got beaten five two, um, and in the stands and you could hear that the disgruntlement from the, some of the fans and remember Stephen McPhail's walking off with, with Bradson and all and you're looking at it going Phew. like fans aren't happy but fairness club stuck by him. they knew what they had they knew what he was trying to build and it's great to see the club you know with a bit of patience and a bit of probably a, a bit of a long-term plan not just short-term to go Do you know what we, we stick with this and um, and they've got the success on the back of it and you know fair play to them and fair play to Bradshaw, you know, he, he's faith in his own ability and knew what he was at and knew what he was doing and he's got the success in the back of that.
3: Uh, this question comes in from Graham Gartland. He wants to know, what's Gartz really like?
4: <laughs> I, I heard him on full commentary actually on the game the other night and again, Garth, he's, he's a great lad and I've, I've always said, I've said it to him, so when I was playing against him, and, and not really knowing him, you think, oh, this fella's a big time Charlie He's an arrogant so-and-so or whatever. But when you got into the dressing room with him, shared the dressing room with him, and got got to know him, I see great great, great player as well, really good, really good center half. But you know, he's he's a brilliant lad to have in the dressing room. we great banter great, I say great times there with the say with the likes of Karts and with with Bradzer and, and Brian Shelley and Stephen Gray and the lads at, at Troja, you know, it was brilliant, brilliant dressing rooms to to share with those guys, and uh, you know, as I, as I said earlier, I was really lucky to be part of of some of those dressing rooms, same with shells, like brilliant dressing room, brilliant lads. I'd still be friends with a lot of them now, and you know, uh, like shells again, another amazing club, and I was so lucky to be to play a small part in, in the success that, that 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 club had as well, and again, as well, Cork had a brilliant time down there, really enjoyed. As I say, looking back at my career, just I was really lucky, really lucky to be part of all that, and and. Really enjoyed every moment of it.
3: Yeah, Gareth has been a natural at the old commentary and punditry, hasn't he? Is there something you'd be interested in yourself, treating us to your dulcet temporary tones? <laughs>
4: yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know to be honest. If um,
2: yeah.
4: look, I just I love watching the game. I love talking about the game, and um, not sure as I'd be as I'd be as good as Gareth on the on the old Cole Collins. But yeah, he's you know he's. He, He's done really well. At it, in fairness to him, but yeah, look, who knows? Who knows? At the moment, I've just actually taken a step back and just looking after family here and 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 things. And as I say, just tipping away at, at various other things as well, and the coaching and enjoying the coaching and coaching the young lad and, and down at home farm and his team, and, and I get a kick out of that. So you know, look, who knows what's around the corner? But um, look, we'll see. But yeah, no, I do. We do enjoy that. Done it not just this podcast I've done a couple of podcasts there recently and and also yeah yeah it's you know if it keeps me involved keeps me watching games keep me watching football I'd, I'd be happy to be honest
3: and fittingly a Tipperary native was a man to match on Friday <laughs> Lee Grace a big win for Albers, uh against Bowers wasn't it
4: yeah yeah it was I suppose on the back of the, the defeat the week previous, um, it, it was a big win. But again, look, any win against Boz is is a big win. And yeah, look, I, I watched watched the game back, and um, thought they were comfortable, really comfortable. And yeah, the three, I thought the three lads at the back were were really good, really solid. I don't think Boz both are probably disappointed, I, and, I, and I'm sure they'd be disappointed in themselves. They never really put Rovers under pressure. I thought it was a really good, professional, solid performance from Rovers, and. Um, you know, got the goal. Gaffney, I thought played really well too. Um, and even when you look at it in the second half, I think Gaffney's playing well, he's coming off, and you're going, bring Aaron Green on. Then the you know, Berkey comes off and Danny Mandroya comes on and you're going, like you're not you're not weakening the team at all. And I'm sure for opposition as well, and opponents are going, oh, Rory Gaffney's gone off now. So and you see Aaron Green, you go, like it's they've have, they've have a serious squad there, and you know, they they'll only get better. Um I think as the season goes along, and um, I think they're good to watch just the way they play football. They're patient. You can see they believe in, in what they're doing. Um, and yeah, without being spectacular or brilliance, they did what they had to do the other night. And as I was saying, like just once for them to beat balls, you know, it's great. And it looked, it looked really good on the TV. Sell out crowds, the whole atmosphere, everything. Um, and it's great to see that. And it's great to see it around the league. I was in Targa Park on Friday night at Shells and Dundalk, and there's a good crowd at that too, and good travel and support. And, you know, things seem to be good the first few weeks um around and, and good crowds. And hopefully that continues. And look, Rovers, you know, they always get good crowds as well. And, and there's always a great atmosphere there. And, you know, it's, it's a great place to go and watch games too. So, um, yeah, it's it's been a it's been a positive start all round, and sure. Look, Rovers will be will be happy with their start. Obviously, disappointed to lose two games, but you know they're still, as I say, they they'll be confident in what they're doing, confident where they're going. Say the players and the squad they have, like boy, shouldn't they be? Um, you know, and they're still the team to beat.
3: And just a couple of quick fire questions: You scored fifty goals in four hundred and eighty-eight appearances. Do you have a favourite goal?
4: Oh, favourite goal. Yeah, uh, pro- yeah, actually, probably I scored a hat trick for Cork against St. Pat's in Inchicore. I'm not sure of the year, '99 or something. And one of them was was a volley um, that I hit, which was probably the best goal I've, I've scored. I'd say so. Yeah, that's that's probably the one that would stand out to me.
3: And um, best player you've ever played with and against.
4: Best player played with. Um, Different again, probably Wes Houlihan. Um, but it'd be hard to just single him out. There's been a few, and think of like Joe and Doe, um, Pat Morley as a goal scorer, I think like, like so own here. He is just as a, an out and out winner and desire and passion, and and um, again, Twiggy, goal scorer. Like I said, that's it's hard nearly to, to separate a, a lot of them. But again, I say I was lucky to play with lots of really, really top players, and um, but. So maybe yeah, we we go for Wes. Yeah, what is it? as we spoke about earlier? What a player! What a talent! Um, and yeah, I was I was lucky to share a pitch with him. What about against? Against, uh, <laughs> there will be a few. I, I can remember Paddy McCourt absolutely tearing me inside out one night up at the Brandywell when I was playing for Derry. Um, like <laughs> I can remember I was playing left back and Paddy was on the he was playing right wing but I uh, I didn't get near him and I can remember Jason Gavin was playing centre half and he came over to me one stage like you get a hold of him and I said like, would you like to come out with try and mark him so he was he was just unbelievable he was just so natural on the ball and he'd run at me and I'd be like going, don't fall for the shimmy or the little faint and next thing i will fall for it and he was gone the other way and um, he was yeah he was he was unbelievable he'd be up there and so another dairy lad, Liam Coyle, back in the day, what a player he was as well. Um, unbelievable player. So um, One of them. Maybe I'll go from a court. Some player, some talent, some ability. He was class.
3: And if you can think of one off the top of your head, funniest fan interaction you had as a player?
4: Funniest fan interaction?
3: Maybe a shout love- from the crowd or a, a meeting with a, a fan after a game or something.
4: Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I can't tell. I used, they used to always, when I left Cork, they used to always give me stick for, like, you know, back to Cork. or you know, Cork, But I'm not from Cork, I'm from Tipperary. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they thought like, I was... Because when I signed for Cork, it was my first club in the League of Ireland that, that people that, that kind of thought I was a Cork man and used to give me stick for being from Cork. But so that... Hitting, <laughs> that just bounced off me because obviously I'm not a Cork man, I'm from Tipperary. So it, it was they were wasting their breath really. But I used to get loads of that um, from, from, from from fans. And um I suppose going back, I was thinking about fans and interaction with fans. My first game when they left Cork, my first game for Shells was away to Cork. and we got beaten 3-0 on the night. And it was the first night that John O'Flane and Georgia Callan and all these who we didn't really know much about, but all the fans had like fake money and they're waving it at me and all that because I see the impression was I'd left Cork just for the money, and um, so they were all you know they all you'd, usual Judas chance. and um, so and actually I, had, I think I had to get escorted onto the bus back onto the bus after that because um, turners crossed the Horseshoe Pub is right in the corner. They were all gathered outside there after and um, waiting for me <laughs> after the game just to rub it in a bit more so. And um, we actually had to have a few stewards had to bring me out and put me on the bus. So I'm not sure what kind of interaction <laughs> you you class that as with, with the fans. But yeah, I can't think of anything else
0: by that.
3: I think aside from that one, though, you probably got on well with fans at every club because you were a fast and skillful winger and you also had a really good work ethic. So the supporters always appreciate what you brought to the team, whoever you played for.
4: Yeah, well, look, I'd like to think so. I'd like to think I, I always try to give my all um, when I was on the pitch. Um, can be a tough shift when you're playing on that left wing, up and down, up and down, um, and even I feel for the lads now that play wing backs in the, the two Rovers ads and Andy Lyons and um, the other noise um, and, and Finn are getting up and down, looking at him going, geez, fair play. That's <laughs> it's a tough shift, but. Uh, it can be unforgiving as well. And lots of times you're, you're up and down without getting the ball. You know, it can be it can be a tough position to play. But, yeah, look, I suppose that was one thing that I, I tried to bring is 100% commitment and effort all the time. And, you know, hopefully the fans would have would have respected that. And no matter what happened on the pitch, you know, t- some nights things can go for you, other days they don't. But, yeah, it was... I always tried to give 100%, not, not just match day training and everything I did, and no matter what, what club I was at. So that, that was just me.
3: You recently stepped down from your role in the PFEI. Uh, you worked as a player executive, uh, dealing with contract disputes, education, player welfare and stuff. You're obviously yeah. speaking from experience after what you went through at the uh, two clubs, but uh, any interesting couple of stories from your time
4: in the PFEI? Um. Yeah, you no, know, it was like I suppose there's always there's always stuff going on. Um, and it was it was never a dull moment, really. The job was was a really interesting job. Um, like we'd have been involved in lots of stuff that wouldn't have you know, been public knowledge and just I just enjoyed it, you know, helping players and say especially back of the experience uh I I'd had playing as as a player, um, and some of the stuff we would have went through as well. So and um, it was just Nice to be able to pass that knowledge and experience on to players and you know what Stephen mcginnis was was and, and still is brilliant at, at his job and is hugely passionate about looking after the players and and look that that rubs off on on me it certainly did that on me as well and um you know we were just there for the players no matter what but supposed to like say when i go into dress rooms and talk to players you're able to talk from a position of experience i haven't i say i haven't gone through what, what i did go through and um, hope, hopefully players respected that. But again, as as we just spoke about there in the pitch, I'd like to think a uh, part of the job that I did give hundred percent. Look, you wouldn't be allowed give out less than hundred percent with with Steven McGinnis in charge as well. But as you said, that that was me. I gave it my all, I gave it everything, and and really enjoyed the the thirteen years there. And it's it's a terrific job and a terrific association to be part of. Um, and look, they'll they'll keep going and keep fighting for players' rights and looking after players and as um, long as I say it, we'd had numerous players along the way who you know some of would have been very public other stuff wouldn't have been very public or, you know I know the players did appreciate it and they knew we were there for them, no matter what and we had their back no matter what happened
3: My last question is a bit of a random one but uh, when I told Robert's fans you were coming on the podcast one of them Dara he said he happened to be in the same hotel as you in Donna Bay the other week and he said apparently the hospitality left a lot to be desired so his question is as follows ollie <laughs> did you hand back the food in the shoreline hotel
4: <laughs> that is random Jeez, it's not that often that i get away now at the moment with myself and my wife with, with the four kids <laughs> i can't believe that <laughs> um, and all okay we had a we had a, a nice, um stay there and it was just nice for us to <laughs> to get away no matter what the service was like um you know it was a it was a it was a night away from us which we haven't had in a few years I'd say <laughs> so, so you, you,
3: won't, you won't slay the breakfast then no huh?
4: I won't slay the breakfast no though no. I had some <laughs> lovely food there but say look for us it was just getting away was was just it was great and it's a lovely setting out there Jesus the hotel was right on the beach and the weather was, was gorgeous and we were walking yeah, I'm along the beach the following morning and all and say It was it was nice. It was a nice break and nice nice to get away just just for a night. Wasn't too far away. So uh, it was nice, but you can't go anywhere, can you?
2: Oh
4: Small <laughs> world, isn't it? Darren obviously wasn't too happy, was he? <laughs> I don't think
3: so. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thanks so much for your time, Auddy. Uh, it was a pleasure meeting you. And uh best luck to you whatever you decide to do uh, in or outside the game.
4: So here's no problem and, and look, thanks for having on having me on. Enjoyed chatting about the the career and the time at rovers, especially. So thank you, Carl.
1: Very, very cool interview, prof. Hats off again. He's um very, very listenable. And I'd say he knows a lot more than he's than he's talking. Like obviously you can't say so much on a podcast, but he knows a lot. Like he knew about the window being smashed and he wasn't even in the dressing room, he was in the opposite dressing room with Sporting Fingal. Like all the little <laughs> things, like brilliant, brilliant interview. Very, very listenable, fella.
3: Yeah, he's a gent, Aldi uh, uh, I think I was probably a bit too new to Roberts when he was there, so I didn't. Maybe I didn't fully appreciate him. But nowadays, I think he would be the sort of player who would be my favorite. Speedy winger, ultimate pro, gentleman off the pitch, like great people person. And I'd say fans of all his clubs liked him, except Cork, who threw money at him. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Seven, seventeen-year career in football. Like he would have played with Big Al. With Robert's first couple of yeah, seasons I talking
1: about Pat Morley and everything like
3: yeah you would have played a finner sporting fingal uh, as he said he was at talk on the Friday so I think Shells still have a place in his heart obviously but uh, even saying that you could tell I could tell especially because I was doing it on Zoom the look on his face when he talked about 2009 it still affected him yeah. it still annoyed him it was a tough one to take and I think maybe also because he's probably he's been on a few podcasts and he's talked the shell stuff to death. So he said afterwards that he enjoyed talking the robber stuff. Because maybe he's probably never talked about it before. Yeah, Make nice it,
1: to get it off his chest. I don't think he would have. Who was he going to talk about? with?
3: had a nice change, yeah. Uh, kind of ran out of time at the end. I didn't get to ask him about Northampton Town. He spent, he spent like a couple of seasons there. He played 11 games. He went off at a young age in 1994. He got spotted as a scout. He I mean, was at Clonmel Town. Won the Munster Junior Cup final with them, but that uh, is—it was, it was kind of a similar story with a lot of players. Like the manager that that was playing him got sacked. Next manager didn't fancy him. You know that. You know how that goes. Yeah. And um, yeah, good week for the Tipperary folk Ger. or Oh good, yeah, good couple of months actually cause you got a bit Sh- of a hotbed.
1: Not so much yeah. as Crumlin, but it's a hotbed. Yeah, you got
3: Shane Long scoring his first Premier League goal in two years there recently, and you got Lee Grace with a man the match performance in the derby and Lee was featured in clear the head there episode 2 excellent with stuff with Gertz again. as for other Tipperary Rovers players you had Richie Ryan uh, is he still playing in North America R- Richie
1: Ryan is knocking around in the Cumberland what <laughs> the fuck you're going to call them anymore the <laughs> New <laughs> Hampshire Terriers or something
3: and then you had uh, Daryl Cavanaugh remember him from the Stephen Kenny season he had
1: potential I always thought a bit of a head case isn't he <laughs> but, yeah uh, he definitely
3: had potential um he you came in probably the 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 wrong season uh what else do we have yeah Audi only scored the one goal for Rovers oh it was um i doubt you would guess this <laughs> yeah 2010 Leinster senior cup against Wexford I was going to say that <laughs> of course you were and and you heard me talk to Audi about the first game at there where he oh man what an
1: experience you were already
3: saying to me the other day, you don't remember the Daisy Baker goal. I don't either, to be honest. I was having no. a quick look on YouTube, but I couldn't find it.
1: No. Oh, just the Twiggy one. Was well, some strike by Twiggy I well. have the, I have the DVD there somewhere, the year zero. I remember but tumbling them. down the steps anyway, in block A, <laughs> I think it was, the very first block. We were actually right in front of the goal, so.
3: But on the, on the day of the anniversary, obviously a few pictures went up from fans and stuff. And funny enough, I was listening back to an interview we did a few years ago with Bobby Bess and George Kelly, and about photography and there was a great part in where George was talking about Twiggy scoring the first goal at Tadde and if you know it's in the picture you know where it's just coming off Twiggy's boo
1: yeah and and it's behind him and you just
3: see Alan Kelly to the left of it George was watching Twig connect with that and he was saying to himself Keep running. Keep running, Kelly. Keep running. All it would have taken was for Kelly to be in in that frame and block it out and that iconic photo was gone forever. Yeah, yeah. And he was delighted with himself. He was like, got
1: it! He retired this year as well. Alan Kelly, he's gone into a different role now. Um, yeah, he was on the RD podcast, wasn't he? Yeah, so that brilliant stuff from Olly well done. Absolutely top class. So, Next up, the controversial one. Again, Prof, it is starting 11th and predictions. Okay, um. This is. I fucking don't envy Bradsar, man. Seriously. Talk about squad management, right? I'm going to go Manus, Pigo, Grace, and Hoare. I thought. I think they've been doing well, and Hoare deserves to stay in the team. I'm putting Ferrugin. Ooh. I'm putting Farooj in because he came on. So obviously they're testing them. See how we get on. Ferugia in, Lions right wing back. Playing Lions, I think he's gonna be brilliant there. I think he is. Is Finner not getting this team? <sighs> so Farugia left wing back, Lions right wing back. I'm gonna hope and pray that Richie Tell plays quite similar to how he did against Dundalk. I'm gonna go tell him Watts in the middle. Yep. Bork, Jack and Gaffney. Totally tough I'm going to go 2-0 win I'm going to go Tell goal And Jack Jack to get one No Danny I think Danny might need A spell on, on the sidelines Maybe to get his head
2: sorted
1: <clears throat> I don't know what he needs Does he need to run the team Does he need a spell On the sidelines It's tough man Gary Carter probably deserves a start for the game that he had. But I want Lyons on the right. I think Lyons is going to be a serious, serious player. Aren't
3: you Gary O'Neill's biggest fan? Yeah. but dropping listen, dropping
1: I'm, I'm going to drop him for this one. I think Tell, possibly after a good performance in the dock, needs to be given the benefit of the doubt and said, right, here we go. Get get in there. Get stuck in. Don't bump into people. <laughs> Make a few late runs. Get yourself a goal. It's a, I'll, I'll be honest. For me, it's possibly do or die. In here, Richie get the business done, you know, he right, needs Richie. to play, I think he's every week for me, he needs to play every week, I've got a 2-0 win, um, I just, I just think, I don't know, it's, I'm, it's fucking, throw a dart, at the dartboard at this stage, Like any, you can get anything at this stage, it's mental, it's very, very hard to pick a team, Barry Carter's out of that team, Greener's out of that team, Mandrew's mm-hmm. out of that team, Gary O'Neill's out of that team, you know what I
3: mean? Yeah, so, like, you know, I want to, I want Finn to play, I was going but, to put him in the middle, but I think Tell... I want Finn to play, the but well. uh, there's no room for him there, so I'm going to have to put him right wing-back. But then I have to leave out Cotter. I'd like to see if Ruger come back, but maybe might be too early for him. So I'm going to say Lions left wing-back again. Yeah, and Finn, right wing-back. Back. Yeah, Finn, right wing-back. And I'm not going to say Tell, so the usual, the usual there. Gary Neal, Watts, Burke, Jack...
1: Gaffney. And Mandrew dropped to the bench, mm-hmm. so hopefully he gets his head sorted. Whatever is going on, but um, yeah, probably it's going to be a good one. I'm really <laughs> confident. Um, I'm just confident in this team. I always am. We always pull it out of the bag. I think we'll come off with a good win. And you mentioned uh, the Keena there for Sligo earlier on. He's yeah. the league's joint top scorer with with the other Stephen
3: Bradley and McGonigle. Uh, na- another signing from Scotland, although he's actually Irish. He was a past years ago. And. I can see tiredness potentially being an issue. Yeah, you spoke about legginess previously. I can just recall a game last April, May and then the year before that where we had just come off the back of a kind of a hectic fixture schedule. I think we still won the games now. So I'm still confident of a win. But I'm just thinking maybe, I'm hoping second half we come into it with a half time lead rather than having to chase a winner. Yeah, sort yeah, of thing.
1: Yeah but like I said, they came up here and they beat us last season one 0 They thought they won the mm. league, so hopefully
3: it doesn't happen again. properly Well, that was the worst we've ever played under Brads or possibly. It's terrible, yeah. That was a dreadful performance. Um, the program I mentioned my article: beer, music, beer, culture.
1: Beer, music, beer, culture. And
3: uh, P goes the big interview from McDara. Uh, I've got also got Q and A Q&A with Podge. Oh yes. So I'm asking about career highlights and starting out with Rovers. But Podge Flynn, don't worry, it's printed media, not audio. So he won't put you to sleep, don't worry. yeah And I'll, I'm also going to unveil my new spongy microphone cover. Oh, looks very good. Very, very professional. Rover's themed cover. Brother won't know what his... Mm.
1: <laughs> so, Prof, we have the AGM, Saturday, 2nd of April, straight after Finn Harps. What a... Uh, is, was, was that a strategic move, do you reckon? But we are inviting anybody who is running... <laughs> And was there not a petition to get this moved because <laughs> fucking after herbs. don't we be home <laughs> at four in the morning <laughs> everyone hung over making dreadful decisions yeah, yeah wrecking
3: the club's future fuck's
1: sake oh yeah um, did you actually we didn't talk about Stephen O'Donnell after the game no yeah what did he have to say he, well Stephen O'Donnell he's, he, he came in after the game and he was like uh, I think we're going to be playing this I'd actually I don't know why I do this because it makes me feel terrible after every game. Feel like I've drank six cans <laughs> of Guinness, and I've—it's detrimental to my health. I don't. <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah, I think we deserve the point. Yeah, now Stephen yeah. O'Donnell, who uh, football makes him violently ill. <laughs> What's the story
3: there? I'm glad we have a replacement now of Bertram. We, we now have the Steve O'Donnell yeah
1: yeah but the AGM like I said we, if anybody who is running you want to get and talk to the fans and talk to um, any members or we will provide a platform so let us know if anyone who is running for election and you want to talk and put your your uh, your agenda forward so Friday April 15th 4pm the day of the Pats game there will be a walk from Milltown to Talla for the 35th anniversary lovely brof. these are always great great crack an hour wasn't it an hour it takes us Takes an hour to walk Hour and a bit maybe just got was, the bus last was, time and Didn't get out of
3: the club 10km 10, 10 from the monument To the stadium uh, No hopping on buses In Terranure.
1: You know yeah. who you are <laughs> yeah. Couple of cans Little walk Few interviews Looking forward to this Let's get a big one Let's push this Let's get a big big crowd Yep So the 2022 Junior Hoops launch Took place at the weekend The great morning Had by all Bill Gleeson Paul Weaver Schwankeen All knocking it out of the park as usual. Brilliant, brilliant day. And Bradzer is just an absolute legend when it comes to the kids. Really, really interesting individual. So, he put so much time and effort into it. So, well done to all the junior hoops. And our international break is next week, Prof. So, this is our last home game for four weeks. Four weeks! Yep. For fuck's sake. Um, we haven't decided if yet. We're doing a show. we let you know on social media. We could come up with something. So, And of course, Prof, it is Happy Paddy's Day, everybody. Mm -hmm. What's your plans for today, actually? I actually don't know. I'm one of those blokes who gets home and gets told, you're doing that. And then when I'm doing something, I'm like, I'm not doing that. (laughs) So the rovers are here. So Turn into a domestic here Yeah yeah No uh don't really Have any plans Um a few Guinness I'm looking in the lair here We've got drinks Scattered you, all over I bought the Jameson
3: Cans of Guinness Cans of Heineken I bought an eight pack Of Guinness yesterday Possibly with today in mind But I suppose I'll you drink Some of them Get them into the fridge prof. That's But what with the game on Friday I'm I'm a, I'm kind of a person Who if there's something Coming up you know, Like the match On the Friday Or the away trip On the Saturday I'm like oh that's my Weekend sorry. sorry. Yeah like,
1: there you go Yeah yeah so hopefully Joey and though will not be screaming welcome to Evan at any point on Friday. Um, hopefully for us, anyway, if we do get a goal. But,
3: uh, I love how the comment there was it Jessica Ferry who's doing it now for, for Sligo. Whoever the lead commentator is, they can be in the middle of describing the goal but they have to just stop dead and wait 15 seconds for Joey to complete
1: this. <laughs> yeah. And then they can describe the goal. Brilliant stuff, yeah. So great stuff. That is it this week, Prof. Hopefully we will be back in the next couple of weeks we know we have a break coming up but it is see you in the South Stand Prof Block X and keep on helping see ya
2: in the year 87 the hoops were in heaven our team had one four in a row what about at the same time, a terrible crime From Milltown, we were forced to go And oh, how we cried, our club nearly died Like nomads, we dabbled all over But we found a home, now no longer must we roam We are the shamrock a Now we're the SRFC, in the SDCC, we're Ireland's number one. And on many a Friday, downhill Tipper Way, we're hooping and having good fun. And the league flag does fly, high in the Palestine, for our fans to see from all over and we're all proud to be in the SRFC we are the Shamrock Rovers and when we're away every other Friday we travel
0: near and
2: far in our white voice and, and our, our green. green we
0: cheer on our team and after a few pints at the bar